Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Radio Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 16 Picks Against the Spread Cust Corner Mini Plus the Free Money Bets of the Week and we're coming to you a day early because the games have not concluded on Tuesday as of yet so I pushed the Jake and I ranking show into Wednesday the Best Bet Show with Robin Cam will be on Thursday this week off day on Friday and then on Christmas Day the annual holiday tradition a very custy Christmas. If you need to kill some time on Christmas, me, Gary, and Tim are back at it for the fourth consecutive year with a brand new Cuss Corner. If you subscribe to the newsletter down in the description, maybe you can get it early. I don't know. Maybe the Golf Draft Part 2 will be available to you early in the newsletter if you subscribe to the newsletter. Because Part 1 came out on Monday. There's 11 of us. Uh, If you're interested in golf whatsoever, highly recommend you check that out, as you should play in the one and done, uh, which is up on fantasygolfchampionships.com. All this information is available down in the description, as is the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Because it's a holiday and I figure a lot of people aren't interested, it's down to 1,000 spots this week. So down from 3,000 to 1,000 to make sure that it fills, which means spots are going to be at a premium. So go reserve your spot right now. Smash a like, sub to the channel, time code us in the description. I want to bring in Jeff Feinberg. What's going on, man? Uh, You have just told us that you are going on vacation on Christmas Day, the best day to travel. Yes. And now that I am playing it in my head and looking at the calendar, I'm actually flying on Sunday morning. Will you arrive to your destination before the games start? Yes. Yes, that is the plan. I also have like I pay for uh, a stupid I pay for a subscription so I could listen to the radio feeds if I want. But, uh, I'm know, not going to lie to you. Houston, I, I, hopefully it's I, I stress-free. Think, I think you can do that through the DK Live app. I think they have like a relationship with TuneIn that if you go into the DK Live app, hit the box score of a game, then boom, you can just like press the audio. Feed. Whatever. TuneIn is one of the 800 companies that just milks my bank account that I signed up for once <laughs> and is still um, and is still bleeding me here, Pat. But hey, Daniel Jeremiah does the Chargers radio call. I think he's one of the best in the business at just talking through situations. So I won't hate it. And they're playing Houston. So hopefully there's not a full COVID outbreak with the Chargers. And hopefully it's a little stress free or honestly, my my vacation will be ruined. I'm going golfing, I think, like the next day with uh, tour picks, Joe Idoni. 
And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll just be in a horrible mood, period, if we lose to Houston. Like, it'll ruin my week. Uh, yeah, nothing like being in a horrible mood because you get to play golf the last week of December. Sounds sounds like a very unfortunate situation. Yeah, if they lose to Houston, I'm going to like it's going to take a lot to get me in a good place. So you're right. Maybe golf in Florida is that. But I don't know. Yeah, that's that's it. And I got to making I just made a reminder in my phone for three hours from now to register for the the um, one and done one. Yeah. I was going to give the good big fancy name, but I didn't want to screw that up. So you have the one and done because it will fill up and I don't want to be on the outside. Yeah, I think there's almost a thousand like, spots. Pat, is there like any giveaway spots left? You could just throw me because I forgot to sign up after you told me 35 times. I do have giveaways and free entries into the one and done, but people need to watch the golf draft show parts one or parts two, or the show that you and I did the intro to the season, uh, which is coming out next week. If, People care to watch that. But if you want a free entry, you can try that out or just get your spot so it's not full by the time, like Jeff said. Like, I think there's a thousand spots gone already. There's only like 444, and people have yet to pay attention yet. So once that happens, uh, I'd say it's going to fill pretty quickly. Filled 10 days early last time. So we made it bigger, but who knows? Maybe it fills even more. There's a thousand dollar one and done you can play in too if you want to be a high roller. The coin riding a heater. From last week, because the week is still going in studio with me, and he gave you two free money plays last week. The free money teaser hit. That's two weeks in a row for a free money teaser, but it came at the cost of his money line free money parlay in which every leg lost outright in the game. It is Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That is not my name. But look, for all the people who like to tail the exact opposite of what I pick, they got to win too. So I got to win, and they got to win, and everybody's happy. And yeah, the teaser is two, uh, two straight weeks we're on. This is We're on sort of a heater here. December is a pretty decent uh, time of year for these sorts of things. I feel like I'm hitting my stride as the season is coming to its end. I played the opposite of your money line, and it was 12 to 1. So thank you, sir. You're welcome. I mean, obviously... I wouldn't have had Cleveland anywhere near that had I known the predicament that was going to befall. Well, how do you think they got into that predicament? Who was your super lock last week? I, that's that's not my fault. Oh, nothing's ever your fault. No, no, no. Hold on, though. No responsibility. You See, you can't take no responsibility because when we recorded last week, they were already at the beginnings of a COVID outbreak. Yes, but I so didn't... you stepped in front of that COVID outbreak. Listen, I gave the Browns on the show last week. I thought, whatever, I'll lay three instead of six. This sounds fine. But but you made them your super lock full well, already knowing that there could be something really bad happening here. In you other words, in front of that. In other words, I didn't cause anything to happen. It was already brewing. In it, other words. It, it, it seemed like and, it had stopped. And then you were like, Cleveland, minus three, super lock. And it's like, oh, my God, positive tests just start going off. So completely your fault. People of Cleveland, I think you should tweet at Tim Anderson 87 <laughs> and let, let him know that, I mean, Tim's buddy, the hero, Nick Mullins, was almost able to pull it off with, like, the C squad. Uh, but he just couldn't do it. So poor Nick Mullins. We all, we all root for Nick Mullins on the show. He's a big fan of I the know. show. Very verified on Twitter. 
Nick Mullins, although Tim seems to think that he shouldn't be for some reason, despite the fact that he's an NFL quarterback, but Tim should be verified. Who knows? Recapping of the week, still two games to go as we do this. I'm 10 and 4. The coin is 11 and 3. Jeff is 5 and 9, and Cust is 7 and 7. That puts me one game back of Jeff for the overall lead going into these games, and it passes the coin. The coin is retaking the lead over you as of right now, Tim. That's correct. Coin had a great week, but I still have two uh, two winners coming tonight, so that'd be fine. Uh, does the coin? Now, the coin is opposite. You have Philly. The coin has Washington. And what is the other I game that's here? The Rams. Rams. Does... Everyone has the Rams, so yeah. you, you can only make up one. Superlock, right. I, I won again because I'm fire at Superlocks, apparently. 12-3 and three on the air with the Bengals covering the two points. Jeff Falls getting screwed by the Ravens in two consecutive weeks. He's now 9-6. and six. Cust is 7-8. and eight. Uh, Maybe time to stop betting for or against the Ravens, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. They they just keep they just keep being a thorn. Like those are two games you're kind of counting your money, uh, especially on the line that I had last week when we recorded, you know, the show before things got really hairy. Um, and yeah, no, not so fast, not so fast in in Baltimore, which in and of itself, uh, the Ravens have become um a, like a lightning rod talking point because so early in the year they were winning but all the metrics showed that they didn't really deserve the wins or their record. And now they're kind of just maybe waters sort of finding its level overall with their record. And oh, shit's getting crazy, but I I'm staying away now from, from, from Ravens period with the win and the loss. Cuss is now five and 13 on the free money plays and 14 and 97 career. Tim, this is your best year ever on your free money plays. So congratulations. I know. And we still have three weeks left and I feel good about this week's uh, teaser. So, Let's roll. Let's go. All right. Let's get in to the Thursday game. I've already bet on this game. San Francisco at Tennessee. Tennessee is a three and a half point dog at home. Uh, The Niners are seven and seven against the spread. Eight and six for the Titans. Forty four and a half is the over under. It's funny. After watching that Titans Steelers game, uh, the Steelers defense played really well. But Pittsburgh had no business winning that game. Uh, if t- Tannehill so rarely turns the ball over, like in general, then, he, then the Titans turned it over three times in 10 plays, and that was just the end of them. They were winning the game to that point, and they just got buried. Obviously, Julio Jones got hurt with the hamstring injury. A.J. Brown has been activated uh, to return from injured reserve. I do not think that he plays in this game. I'm just going to keep it pretty easy. San Francisco at full strength against a battered Tennessee team. It feels like a really trappy line. San Francisco feels like the super square side of this game. I don't really care. I've already bet on the 49ers minus three and a half. I'll take San Francisco. Jeff. I'll, I'll make it quick, I guess. Uh, I am I am with you. We are on that 49er bandwagon. I've sort of been saying for a week, no, a few weeks, no fault of uh, Les Titans, but they're just in a horrible way right now and every sort of thing that went their way maybe last year or the last couple of years is sort of starting to work against them in many ways um health specifically to to really key players i don't know i think they can be picked apart i'll say this right now i would be like rolling like a pig in shit if the Chargers drew that as a as a first round playoff game, I, I don't. This, I, don't I don't. I don't think. Yeah, because Titans would crush them. Tim's right. I don't think Henry's going to be back. Gardner, I think he is. Henry's a hundred percent going to be back. They're going to be at a hundred percent strength when they get to the playoffs. 
the Chargers are like the worst possible team for them because they can't tackle anybody. Jeff, that would be such a disaster, pal. Watching what you're them talking run about. on the Chargers, uh, that is yeah. not the team you want to draw. No, no, not if you want to win. I like don't even think they're going to be healthy in the playoffs. Well, that's a different. That's, that's and their secondary, they suck. I think they suck. Okay, and they're in a bad way. So they can, they, uh, yeah. I'm not expecting their them to be healthy. The Chargers, for all the weird things, I don't. They're getting healthier in many weird ways, and the Charger defensive metrics are going up probably exponentially, especially against the run at the moment. Well, and, when you're the worst possible, you can only go up. You can't go down. It is true. They 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 have improved. They have improved mightily in the run. But they don't need to be like the best in the league. They're like a really good ball striker who just needs to be like not be a horrible putter. If if I'm making any sense there, like their offense can hopefully carry them. Anyway, I don't like Tennessee. They're in a bad spot. I don't mean to take this macro view of where the Titan season is going, even though I believe it's going down the shitter and um, they're so lucky for what they pulled off earlier in the year to give them this comfort zone. It's funny. I was wrong because last week on the show, I kind of made the point that they are kind of playing for nothing and Pittsburgh's playing for everything. But the, the irony is when that game kicked off on Sunday, they could have been the one seed with a win. Yeah. So So they gas can that. And now they're really behind in an ability to be a one seed. And they truly are playing for freaking nothing people nah, a team like a, they can lose the division open. still they they're can't. like a not losing the they're the 99 playoff probability like 90 yeah they'll still make the playoffs but I, th- I still think that they would want to be the four seed rather than be like the seven seed yeah sure they're just playing they're playing for for very little and they're injured yeah, I, by all accounts, based on the injury timelines for all these guys, Brown and Henry should be back for either week 17 next week or the playoffs. I would guess, I guess week 18 or the playoffs. Uh, Henry it, Brown will for sure be back for the playoffs. I don't trust that Henry, like they're going to just get to the playoffs and give him 30 carries. Oh, they like most, de- they most to, definitely will. Least, they're not bringing him no, back not, not, not to not ride necessary. Derrick Henry. No, but I just mean there's no guarantee that he's healthy or even going to be close to 100%. Sure, I, I would agree I love, with you. I love the Titans in this game. I, I think that's the, the side you've got to play here. This is that Rams-Titans game redux in a lot of ways. Everybody is going to be on the the 49ers. But, I mean, look, we watched last week. If Atlanta could execute in the red zone, the Niners would not have covered, and they might not have won. Uh, how, they, how many points did the Niners win by last week, by the way? What did they win by 20? And how many times did the Falcons stall inside the red zone? Multiple times. So so, so essentially your point is if Atlanta could convert inside the 10-yard line, which has been their biggest Achilles heel for the past five years, they'd have two Super Bowls and be like undefeated this year. Great point. Well, again, I, I did not say that. I'm just saying the Niners, while I like them too, if you watch that game on Sunday, you did not come away from that game thinking, all right, Niners, they're rolling. They're like, God. Actually, I did. Bad. Yeah, so did I. Exactly. I did. I have a Super Bowl future on them, and I was like, "This looks good. Another win." They didn't have Mitchell. Uh, They're getting healthier. I I thought they they were kind of yeah, in many ways, like good Kyle Shanahan Forty Niners. So so I I say this game of the year. This is a a long travel for the last game of the last Thursday game. I expect the Titans to knock them out. Give me Tennessee. All right. So Jeff and I both on the Niners. Jeff and I, you, you, we're both taking the Niners, right? 
Yeah, yeah. See, this is a really weird one. Like, because the line did kind of balloon to the 49ers, but I don't think that was money as more so as like the circumstances. And I do believe by the time we get to Thursday, a lot of people can be like, oh, I'll take Tennessee at home. Like, um, oh, I, yeah. I, I would think the other way. I think this line goes to like four and a half, five and a half, six by the time Thursday rolls around. Well, I don't know. I feel like it got to four and is already coming back down. Oh, I didn't see it go to but, four. I've just seen it stall at three and a half where it opened. I don't think that the I don't think it can get much higher than four, four and a half before huge money just comes in on the Titans. I would probably Titans agree. Are such a sharp side. You, I just can't imagine the Niners can get much bigger than this. I would probably agree with that. I will just say the 49ers, the style of play, a healthy 49ers team it plays is literally the perfect type of offense per se. You want to rot. Sorry. Thursday night football can really change things and how you set yourself up for the week and preparations. But when you're, you're, offensive strategy is what the 49ers strategy is i think it's a lot easier to get into thursday night i think that's actually a point that's really well taken that you're not relying on like complex systems in terms of passing game and trying to insert new pieces they have a lot of continuity at this point of the season week to week it's just it's all the different running schemes and the different formations and And you can keep it on the ground and really take a lot of the unpredictability of deep passes or jimmy g just completely out of the game it feels like the niners are the good version of the titans right now Yes, and I was going to say, literally, that's what the Titans can and should be when they're healthy, and maybe for them, um, that's what they can be when it when it's really going going to matter. But the irony is the 49ers are that team at the moment, and I think Tennessee in their current construct is incredibly flawed. Okay, moving on to Saturday. Two Saturday games once again. We got Cleveland at Green Bay kicking things off. A short week for the Browns going Monday to Saturday. I mean, San Francisco is going Sunday to Thursday, so that's an even shorter week. So it's not that really big of a deal. Packers coming off a one-point win, thus not covering and dropping to 11-3 and three on the year. Seven-and-a-half-point favorites right now against the Browns. Five-and-eight against the spread. Looks like Baker will be back for this game. They should have most of their guys back for this game. Doesn't seem like enough points right now to tell you the truth because you want to talk about oh i know they almost blew the game but the packers had the ravens basically from the first play of the second quarter through halfway through the fourth quarter basically beat them what like 30 31 to 3 or something like that but the yeah. packers I mean, just we like saw the last week. sorry we saw the last two weeks why the packers cannot win the super bowl which is that they're so bad in special teams that they just cannot unless they can get that fixed they just they have no chance and uh, they're a very good team, but Dallas owns all the tiebreakers with them. So they've got to keep winning. They won't even have the bye. Uh, I expect them to just absolutely throttle Cleveland in this game. Cleveland doesn't have any of the skilled position players to take advantage of what Green Bay does poorly. Uh, in two weeks when they play the Vikings, like the Vikings beat them already, the Vikings will probably beat them again because the Packers have some significant problems that teams who know them and can exploit them actually do take advantage of. And uh, yeah, the Browns don't have that. The Browns are a dead team walking. They, their season essentially ended yesterday when that field goal went through the uprights. They're seven and seven. They're drawing to an inside straight, and I, I don't think they're going to catch. Uh, they're don't done. they still have two head-to-head games? Like their playoff probability is probably twenty-five percent. Yeah, they they they, they they need to win this game, and they need to beat. So they're going to get a hurricane 15%. punch. Like they're going to throw their haymaker. This according week. to five thirty-eight, they have a fifteen percent chance to make the playoffs. 
I'm uh, more of a fan of the New York Times um, system playoff uh, tabulator, but I go, I look at both. I'm always looking for the best number, I guess, to make me feel good about myself. But the New York Times breaks it down in terms of uh, like, I think like the seating you can get into also like the probability. So it's just more in depth. So I I guess that's the one I find. Or the ESPN FPI one. I like. Anyway. Yeah, Nate Silver's cool too. If if the Browns win out, they're fine because they probably win the division at that point. Um, But that seems to be their best case. Like losing that game to the Raiders was just such a blow for them. Um, And it depends on what happens with some of these other teams too that are right around like the seven and seven spot. Like it's Indy that doesn't have like the easiest schedule coming in, right? Or do they have the super easy schedule? Oh, everyone in the AFC uh, North has has a hellaciously difficult schedule. Browns have Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Like the Browns have... Yeah, Packers, Steelers, Bengals, I believe. The Bengals have the Chiefs, and they have the Steelers, and they have the Ravens. Like, there's no – and then the, – anyway. And the Ravens have the – and the Ravens' extra game is the Rams in Week 16 next week. Oh, yeah, so wow. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the Steelers play the Chiefs this week. Like, everybody's got tough draws, but, like, Cleveland is clearly of those four teams. Okay. They're, they're certainly less talented than Baltimore or Cincinnati. You can make a case that they maybe they're more skilled than Pittsburgh. Okay, that's fine. But I don't know. We just – I, I just think Cleveland is a done is a done deal, and I don't see anybody going in a Lambo in, in uh, and winning that game uh, when it's dark. And uh, it's just that's a classic spot uh, where I, I just think it's a very bad draw for the Browns. Got a bad draw. Things did not work out for them. That their game from Saturday had to get postponed because of coronavirus. And then they're sent back out into Green Bay. It's terrible circumstances. I feel bad for them, but uh, they're done. No, yeah. you don't. Yeah, you hate that. No, no, I don't want to see a team go out that way. I- I'd rather see them just go out being beaten. As you would just rather see Baker lose than Nick Mullins look great, or not great, well, but look would, very prefer, competitive. Well, look, I-, I would prefer to see Mayfield's last couple of games with the Browns be games he plays in, but whatever, it is what it is. Were you surprised, Jeff, this line didn't change after the Browns game on Monday? It just stayed seven yeah, and a half. That's the thing. I'm tempted to take Cleveland. Me too. I'm um, just like, just thinking that we'll get a haymaker from them probably before they go back to lose a division game. Um, they'll be ultra competitive this week, but I think I'm going to get more points the longer I hold out. And I'm surprised that I haven't gotten them yet, to be honest, especially after the Browns. I, I mean, Tim is right. Like, even if they get pieces back, the skill positions there are just there's so much to be desired at the moment. Like it's it's pitiful to be perfectly honest. Well, the one thing that Green Bay doesn't really do all that great. They're a very good tackling team, but their run defense is not all that great. You can run on the Packers, and if the Browns have a chance in this game, it's going to be about running the ball forty times, getting Chubb going. Kareem Hunt should be back. Like. Their, and their offensive line should be back as well. Like, they were missing two guys on Monday night. They should all be back by Saturday if they can all clear protocol and everything like that. So I think their running game will look a whole lot better than the depleted unit did against the Raiders. So I'm going to take Cleveland, plus 7.5. I agree with you that this goes to probably 9.5 or 10 by the time Saturday goes. Once Saturday afternoon hits and no one, it's Christmas Day and people are fucking sick of their families, people are like, no, let's bet on the Packers. That's free money. And then they lose outright or something. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns as well here. Not not like great confidence, but I don't know. I think you're going to get a max effort and a close loss. 
Indy in Arizona is the late Saturday game. Arizona's favored by a point and a half, coming off a loss to the Lions. 50 is the over-under. Both teams 9-5 and against the spread. I can't recall, just off the top of my head, Tim, because you're better at this stuff. When was the last time that big of a favorite just got beat outright by, like, what is objectively a bottom three team in the league? Like, by a lot. Like, actually blown out. Minnesota-Buffalo three years ago. Yeah, the the Josh. But in retrospect, that's not as bad because Josh Allen turned out to be was, really good. It was a route by the, it was a route by the spread. It was. They were like fifteen point underdogs in that game. But and Josh, they lost by like twenty. Yeah, but that, Josh, that was Josh, the first. Josh Allen played out of his mind in that game, though. That was the first game yeah. that was like, holy shit! Like this guy could be good. I don't know about the actual the history on the spread, but I did see it was the first time ever a one win team defeated a team with um, double digits. I don't want to say as low as double digits, but it might have been like 11 or, or more. Like there was some threshold that that win definitely accomplished. So here's the thing. How do you not take Indy here? It just, I mean, did, did they play I mean, like an emotional Super Bowl last week? Rebound spot for the cards. Everyone's now off the cards. Everyone's on Indy. So just blindly take the Cardinals. Like I was thinking about that as well, but like just looking at the spread, looking at the game, looking at these two teams at the moment, like Indy just feels like the better team right now because Arizona's defense has been trash essentially since JJ Watt was out for the season. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I feel like Arizona is sort of doing a second act to what we saw last year, except at least this year they put up enough wins to get into the playoffs. Like they're leaking oil badly. Kyler doesn't look healthy. Hopkins is not coming back for a long time. They sort of look lost. They play terribly at home to begin with. They think they're four and four at home or something or four and three. Like they have a very bad home record. The Colts have a little bit of extra time off. It's indoors. I like the Colts here. I like them so much. I'm teasing them up. Sorry, I should have said the Packers were the first end of my teaser. It's a uh, four. It's a five-team, uh, six-point teaser. Both the Packers and the Colts are on that teaser. Uh, I just can't justify playing the Cardinals here. Now, this is obviously a great spot for Arizona to show the world that actually they should be respected and they are still capable of winning the division. But at this point, they're looking very much like a team that is going to go on the road in the first week in the playoffs and is going to lose pretty handily in the first round of the playoffs. At least that's what I'm seeing, and that's the way I'm picking this game. Jeff, I'm going to take the Cardinals only because it's like the, the same thing with Green Bay. When people, after people are done, you know, after, the, after Green Bay wins by seven and doesn't cover and people lose all their money, they're going to have a Colts chaser against this Cardinals team. I think this line gets beat down to close to a pick by the time kickoff actually happens. But I'll just say Arizona, rebound game for them. On paper, like everything points to Indy to me, but I don't know. I'm starting to get, if I was an Indy fan, I'd start getting concerned about Wentz pretty soon if I wasn't already. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was concerning for Wentz. The advanced line on this game had to be what, like three or four points for Arizona, and I can't find it at the. It may have been, but the there's moment. but there's a lot of context clues that are missing from that as well, because the advanced line would have been out probably before the Monday night game against the Rams, which they lost. Then Hopkins got lost for the season. Then they lost to Detroit, and their defense looks like an absolute sieve. So justifiably, yeah. I don't think the advanced line is really telling us much about this game. 
well said in every regard as it would have pertained to what that number would have been projected to be. The loss of Hopkins, hopefully um, Kyler can overcome this because he just seems so lost. Like the part of the playbook where it's like, I'm just going to keep the play alive and find Hopkins, you know, and just up Chuck come a it to him. And Hopkins was so good at that. He could be running a curl. Hop, uh, Tyler, uh, Kyler gets lost. And then he's like, you know, just going deep or, or just running, you know, across the field for him. Like they have such good chemistry with that. Kyler's body language in that game, hyper concerning, like scary. If you're watching that, um, you know, that, that would be weird. <laughs> it almost says a lot about, geez, you better, I don't know if it's, that game said more about like how hungry and kneecap biting the lions are or how just the Cardinals got got, but I feel like this is a good team that's lost back to back football games. They were probably not as good as that record was before, but yeah, I'm going to buy the Cardinals at home here who i want to say have had two embarrassing primetime losses at home a thursday to the packers and that ram game on monday a couple night weeks ago so um yeah i don't know better answer the bell at home in in primetime but all, all points to indy and i'm on the the indy wagon but I, I like the cardinals here yeah it just feels like a spot where like i said everyone bailed on the cardinals everyone's on the colts just kind of pivot go to the other side because you know you can make a compelling case for the Cardinals. They, I mean, if it just boils down to who's, who has the far superior quarterback, the Cardinals are going to win that uh, almost every single time against Carson Wentz, (laughs) even if he's hurt. And I, (laughs) and I get what Tim is saying as it pertains to the Cardinals. I just think it's a little unfair at this like exact moment in time. Like there's still a little too much time left for him to proclaim them like full on dead man walking, but you know, maybe you can make the case that it's very similar, different, different rosters totally but like similar to what happened with pittsburgh last year like sometimes running out like the freight train is the worst thing that can possibly happen to you um you know like a horse in a race you just you're out of steam in some regards come the finish and you're you're literally like sloppy meat come the playoffs and someone's licking their lips to catch you there's still three weeks left of football uh so i'm not willing and it's like so easy to say the Cardinals are done and they can't fix what their problems are. Like that's ridiculous to me also to make that conclusion. Looking at the rest of their schedule, like they're still leading this division. We don't know what the outcome of the Rams Seahawks game is, but the Seahawks somehow beat the Rams and all of a sudden they're just back up by a game in the division. They have a very tough schedule coming in, but they get the Seahawks in the final week of the season. You get the Cowboys next week. So a win here would really go a long way to not going onto the road in the first round of the playoffs. But you know, things aren't looking great, but maybe in a good spot here. Kyler's got to start running again. Um, and if he can't run, you know, that limits both what you said about Kyler extending plays, finding guys down the field, doing whatever, and really getting bulk yardage that way, plus his running ability. But that also puts so much pressure on their run game, knowing, like, Kyler has, I think, two designed runs the past two weeks. Like, he needs to be up around, like, five to eight a game just to keep the defense honest, knowing 
Like having Kyler as a pocket passer, he's fine, but he's not elite. When he can start using his mobility, running around, and then using his arm strength, all of a sudden, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. They need to get back and just throw different looks at these defenses. And you do worry that Arizona's run defense is so bad that Jonathan Taylor literally carries the ball 30 times for 300 yards, and that's just the end of the game. That's that's really what we're hedging against here on Saturday. But that's the end of Saturday. Giants and Philly kick off Sunday. Philly's favored by 10-42 is the over-under. The Eagles have not played this week as we are recording the show. I'm expecting them to beat Washington, but who knows? Uh, considering Washington, I still think, has a completely battered defense at this point. Is Jake Fromm going to start this game? Is Mike Glennon going to start this game, Jeff? I assume it would be Jake Fromm at this point. The fact that they let him play and he completed passes. Uh, <laughs> I know that's what the barometer is. And with you, while discussing this game, I'm under the assumption the Eagles have defeated Gilbert Godfrey and the football teams on, uh, you know, before we've recorded here. Short turnaround for the for the Eagles. Hurts not being on the injury report at all going into the Week 15 game is pretty. Um, just sort of makes it easy for me to say I'm blindly going to take the Eagles here. I'm blindly taking the Eagles too. Like I, I just don't know. I jumped off last week because both you guys were on the Giants against the Cowboys, and I think Jeff, you and I had the Giants against Miami, and like. There is no circumstance where the Giants should not have covered that game against Miami, yet they found some way to score six points. And it was like, oh my God, like they can't move the ball. I don't, like from completed passes against a prevent defense, Tim, or like, are we really supposed to think, oh man, maybe they can score 20 this week? Like, give me a break. Nope, I'll play. I mean, I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't touch the game. Just why put this stress into your life? But I would lay the points to Philadelphia and Will and for the show's purposes. All right, that's a round of Philly. Minus 10, even the coin getting in on this action. Here's the toughest game of the week. Rams at Vikings. Vikings are three-point dogs at home. 49 is the over-under. In what world do the Vikings not cover three points at home against the Rams? Because they'll be winning by 21 at some point in this game. You know what's going to happen. Like, they'll look like crap, 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 crap. All of a sudden, they're a home dog, and, like, they're very competitive against the one one of the best teams in football, just what they do. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Vikings too. Uh, they'll probably lose in the last week of the year to the bears or something. Some heartbreak is still left to befall them, but I, I don't think it's here. I think I, in fact, I have to win this game so that the heartache is that much more profound uh, come the end of the season. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. Rams have a super short turnaround. Uh, it is a road dome, which I do like, but I don't think the Vikings should be getting three full points. I think this game should be closer to like one point or one and a half points. So I think there's value on Minnesota here. And so I will just play them. I, I, I don't like a West Coast team playing that early slot. I don't like it. The super short rest coming off of what will be a pretty physical divisional game spot game. This is a classic Jeff Feinberg. Where's your spot games uh, and, and, and pick them. This has got to be a Viking spot game. So I'm going to take them. I like the Vikings too, Jeff. I would wait until I, I think that the Rams kick the crap out of the Seahawks. So I would wait for the Rams to kick the crap out of the Seahawks and at least let this move to three and a half, if not four, or something like that. Yeah, I will say I was fortunate enough to be on the side of the refs in the Viking Bears games and, and I had uh, the <laughs> Vikings, but that was also one of those games, Pat, that we talk about or I talk about often. 
And I think a lot of football fans, like, they ignore it when it happens. But I bet that game real money <laughs> with the concept, like, under the strategy of I'm going to put real money because the Bears don't have a secondary. And I like Kirk Cousins. I trust Kirk Cousins. He's no Aaron Rodgers, if someone ever wanted to make that debate. But I trust Aaron uh, Kirk Cousins and those Vikings receivers uh, against those scrubs. And Cousins was abysmal. It was like 12 of 24 for 160, one and one. It was embarrassing. And part of that is Zimmer. Part of it was a lot of it was Cousins. But I want my bet. I want my bet. And I'm happy about it. But the game played out in no which way uh, as to why I made um, the bet. Give me the Vikings here because everyone watched the Vikings look absolutely horrible on Monday night football. They should have lost to the bears outright. And the Rams, as we suspect in this game, are going to look fantastic in front of everybody on TV on a Tuesday. So yeah, that whole uh, swervy worthy uh, thing. Although the Rams with getting that win, um, you know, there's blood in the water for them for whatever seeding they want. And things are really starting to turn around. So I do like Tim's row dome dynamic, especially for Sean McVay. And I bet you like Van Jefferson absolutely goes off in that dome. And just row dome, whether it's picking, picking spreads, uh, talking about the NFL, or just you going traveling somewhere should always be taken into consideration because you don't want to be wearing no dome away from home because then you bring back something with you. And then you got a lot of questions to answer for. So keep that in mind. New England is hosting. Buffalo, they're two and a half point favorites. Um, what's the over under here? 44 is the over under in this game. Paul is standing up his mom to watch this game on the 26th to go watch it with pals. Um, poor Paul's mom loves the Bills so much. It's like Paul loves the Bills so much. Paul has been doing the advanced scouting in this, Tim, on the weather for this game, which I do think matters, I a, which I do think actually <laughs> matters a lot. That apparently uh, that it doesn't seem like there's going to be a ton of like, precipitation or whatever it might be or wind on either side of Sunday including Sunday so it'd be unlikely for that just to crop up out of nowhere you can monitor that as the game goes along but I if it's going to be one of these like 41 degree days and it's like kind of sunny or maybe a bit overcast like it's cold but not too cold not super windy I think it's Bills football give me the Bills plus two and a half on the road well, I'm pulling up the weather forecast in Foxborough, Massachusetts right now, and they're calling for a few flurries and it to be five degrees uh, Celsius. So eh, not the worst. I feel like that's good. Bill, of, I feel like that's good Bill's weather. Yeah, a little bit of wind, 23 uh, kilometers an hour. So not a ton of wind, but a little bit. Uh, yeah, I love the Patriots here, I have to say. Uh, this is a playoff game for all intents and purposes. I mean, both teams are likely to make it, but like – the winner will essentially have the AFC East. If the Bills win, it becomes very hard for the Patriots to catch up given the Bills' last two opponents being Atlanta and the Jets. And if the Patriots win, they have the, the full tiebreaker on the Patriots, and it's hard to imagine them losing enough on, in their last two. Hey, so this Jeff, is a problem game for the division. Jeff, do you know why the Bills have the tiebreaker against the Patriots? No, I was going to ask, like, what, what, what gives Conference. the Bills the division, edge here? Division uh, record. The one uh, loss to uh, Miami. Who, who, uh, who, who beat the Patriots in week one? Xavier Howard did. Oh, <laughs> and out of all your predictions at the beginning of the year, Tim, what is the only one standing that you have not yet got wrong? 
that the Bills would not win the AFC East. So they have to win this game. So that prediction can be wrong thanks to Tua. Yeah, well, again, it was thanks to Xavier Howard and mm-hmm. a terrible fumble. That's why Buffalo has the edge right now. The Bills, if they win this game, would have one loss in, co- in division. New England would have two losses to Buffalo and Miami. So that's why it's so critical. And then this game is everything. The winner is going to win the division. The loser is going to be a wild card. I mean, Buffalo, because with the slightly worse record, could find themselves on the outside looking in, depending on how things break if they lose. But anyway, oh, the Patriots here. Again, the Patriots are stronger and they're more physical. Buffalo is a softer team. The weather is better for them, sure. But I think that Belichick knows exactly what went wrong for them last Saturday. And they almost got it fully corrected in the game. I mean, they were coming back in that game and uh, just sort of ran out of time. I, I expect a, this is the AFC East. It is a huge game, and the Patriots are involved. I'm sorry. My default and my DNA require me to pick the Patriots in this game, and uh, I, I, I will not be deterred from that. It's, it's got to be a Patriots win and a cup. got to be. On Sunday, Tim, uh, Zach Wilson threw the ball away, and Tim called it a ceiling incompletion from Zach Wilson. Oh, my God. Uh, but what does that have to do with this game? Because no, I want like, in terms it, of what, like the throw was good or, or like the decision. He, is, he made for the two or three down. unbelievable moves to escape uh, tackles and sacks rolled out and they didn't force the ball. He threw the ball away after he'd avoided a couple of sacks on the same play. I was like, that is, I said to the guys in the room, like this will not show up on the stat sheet. No one will see this in the highlights, but that is a ceiling mature play that he wasn't doing two months ago or three months ago. Uh, another game without a pick. Mm-hmm. He, he he was you know he's maturing and playing better, and that was a, without a question like a ceiling incompletion. Like that's what you want to I, see. I, so so I'll this is so, so, so this is what Tim is looking at for rookie quarterbacks. What I saw from Mac Jones on Saturday evening was very poor first half, but the step up in the pocket pass to Hunter Henry for the touchdown was probably the best overall. Mm-hmm. QB rookie play that I've seen this year. Like the pocket presence, buying yourself the time, stepping up and throwing the oh, ball into dude. a really tight window. It was a really incredible play. And I was like, huh, I can see this a little bit now. I don't think that he has the overall gifts uh, in the higher end of some of these other rookie quarterbacks, but I mean, his floor is just so much higher because he can do smart things like that where you know, Zach Wilson just runs around in circles and throws the ball out of bounds. And then people are saying, man, what a, what a play. Yeah, and, and I think he threw from negative air yards in the first half. I don't uh, think that that's true. And also, I mean, he's had a couple of passes this year that are just extraordinary. Yeah, but, they're, but, they're, but that's fine. So a guy can run to the sidelines and throw it back across his body across the field. Fantastic. They lose every freaking game. And with, well, Mac, with awesome. Mac Jones, they win the games. And then you see these, these plays that actually look like real plays. Plays. They're not broken down plays that force you to throw across your body. You just see what's happening in front of you. You process the information. You step up, make a quick decision, and throw an accurate ball. Like that's really all Tom Brady does his entire career is he's the master of doing that. And sure. just, just to see Mac Jones be able to have that as a rookie is like, huh? That's that's nice to have in your back pocket. Uh, I think that Josh Allen's going to be a bit too much in this game because. Whatever foot injury he has seems to be non-existent at this point. He's going to run. Maybe they finally found, like, fully committing to Singletary as your running back, I think only has to help them. Not that he's some great shakes, but rotating in, like, four separate guys, bringing Matt Breda in off the street. It feels like it throws their offense out of whack a little bit. At least now it feels like they're a little bit less predictable with the same guy back there all the time. But, Jeff, you have not made a pick yet. Will you be taking the Bills? So I will be that hamster going into that electronic fence looking to get that cheese on the Bills 
Patriots. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my money back. I, how do you put this? I have so much respect for the Patriots. I do. I don't want what I'm about to say to feel like I'm diminishing it, but I still feel like they are not as good as they appear to be in sort of a end of mid late October into early December run. Like, I don't believe they are that good. Maybe next year and the years ahead as they continue to, you know, get better and add the perfect pieces, they'll, they'll find it. And Mac Jones, everything you just said about Mac Jones was perfect. Pat, the ability to just read and dissect and, and feel it and see it and, and step up and throw and man, like you could just tell. And in another three starts in another 17 starts in another 32 starts in that offense with that coaching is going to be a real problem. I, I'm just got to go back to the bills here. I got to go back to it. I, I'll, I'll feel, uh, I don't really have a case. I just got to go back to it. I lost on them a couple Mondays ago. I'm going to happy to make the same mistake again with money. All right, Paul, how are you feeling about this game? Bills win. Bills win. Okay. Easy game. Just listen to Paul bills fan thinks bills win. Good enough for me. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Carolina's a 10 and a half point dog here. There's a chance Darnold starts for the Panthers, which I don't think I would have ever thought this, but that has to be an improvement over what Cam is doing at the moment. 44 is the over-under. Here's the issue. The Bucs are favored by 10 and a half points. No Evans, no Godwin for the rest of the season, and no Leonard Fournette probably till the playoffs. Is this receiving core good enough without those guys? Brashad Perriman should be back this week, who missed the New Orleans game with the COVID issues. Is this receiving core good enough? And Brown. Well, yeah, well, he's been out for fucking seven weeks. But he'll be back this week. No, he's not eligible to come back till the 26th. Which is this week. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, He'll be back as well. He's he's actually playing. That's what, I, especially now. That, I mean, Evans is what week to week, so probably doesn't play, but maybe he does, but probably doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, they're going to press him into service. Have to. Do we know that his ankle's okay? No, we don't. But I think I would imagine if he could possibly play, they're going to roll him out there uh, to, to 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 fill the the spots. So, yeah, Brown, Perriman. You still have Gronk, which is great. Ronald Jones. I mean, Ronald Jones was good last year when Fournette didn't play. He averaged like 110 no, yards a game on the ground. I have no earthly idea what to do with this game. The Panthers are horrible. Because in one sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like the Bucks were in. I mean, as much as I liked the Saints last week against the number, like the Bucks were just in quicksand when their best play receivers were out, and they're still going to be missing a ton of those pieces. Yeah, but is it easier to adjust? during the week I don't know. with Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and all these guys, rather than be like, oh no, Mike Evans and Godwin are out and Fournette is out. We actually have no one on the sidelines anymore. <laughs> I honestly don't know. That's why I'm so torn. Uh, the hardest game for me this week because I just... Definitely the hardest. I, I really I've been just back have no idea. I don't, I don't know. My it's comfort not- zone is to take a huge home dog in division. And so that is what I will end up doing. And I will side with you on that, Tim. But I don't feel good about nope. it at all. And the Not game one bit. just feels really awkward to me. How have the Bucks been on the road this year in terms of covering spreads? 
I'll look that up. They're six and zero at home overall. Let's see. At the Saints, they did not cover. At Washington, they lost outright. They at, didn't cover. They covered at the Colts uh, by a few points. They covered at the Falcons. What else do we have here? Probably covered at the Eagles. I don't know what the number in that they, game they, was. They didn't cover at the Patriots. They didn't cover at the Rams. And I don't think that they covered against the Eagles. They only won that game by six points. I feel like that game would have had to have been more than six points at that point. You could be right. Yeah, and they've got two road games left. So they still have a bunch of road games to play. So they have not been all that good on the road is really what I'm getting at so far this season, especially as it comes to being an ATS team. Now, can Carolina replicate the pressure that New Orleans was able to bring? I mean, based on the numbers, they have a very good pressure rate so far this season. Like their defensive line can do some work here. And I think that with Gilmore and Chin, that they're able enough to limit, I mean, can you throw three guys at Gronk and two guys at Antonio Brown and be like, hey, try to beat us the rest of the way, Scotty Miller. See what happens. Maybe they can do that and cover this 10 and a half. I'm going to be with you guys, though. But this is going to be the game that we're looking at. We tune in on Sunday and be like, oh, good. Carolina's down 21 nothing. It's like, oh, yeah. Should have seen that one coming. Because, like, can Carolina score points? Oh, yeah. You're probably right. It'll be, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a complete one-sided game early and the bucks have a weird schedule left it's carolina or i should say easy carolina jets carolina (laughs) what you know what maybe they'll have like whatever it is maybe they lose this week and they're just like well i guess we're not gonna get the one seed we'll just throw in the towel to the jets how about that would that be like winning the super bowl tim if the jets beat the bucks next week no it would not uh I, i i winning in week 18 and knocking the bills out of the playoffs would be like a super bowl but no yeah, I just I don't have a whole lot to say in this guy. I have no earthly idea what's going to happen. None. Yeah, this game is not going to get this game's not going to get my money. I'll tell you that. Jacksonville. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I just want to if the Bills lose this week, will they miss the playoffs? No, no, because they have the Jets in Atlanta left. Like you presume they win those games. They're gonna be yeah, dumb, but they're gonna be they're dead dead and then they go to ten and seven. And then tie breaks you- come into play. Yeah, but are the other teams, like, who else can really get to 10 wins without some sort of outrageous circumstance? Like, we talked about all the, North, all the North teams have, like, the hardest fucking schedule in the world. Like, <sighs> the, the, all the, the North teams the, haven't... The, the Bengals and Ravens have the best chance at getting to 10 wins, but one of them would win the division, presumably, if they get to 10 wins. And the other one probably doesn't get to 10 wins, because I think they play each other, don't they? They do. Well, but there's also two other teams at 7-7. Seven and seven. I mean, the Dolphins could get in there, but the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins' easy part of their, like, the super soft part of their schedule is now over. Like, now these games are, uh, it's not super difficult, but it's also not playing the Jets twice in four weeks kind of thing. Like, the Broncos still have to play the Chargers, the the Chiefs, and whoever they play this week, right? They're at seven and seven. Yeah. If the Broncos or Raiders get in, I'm telling you something horrible happened to my life. (laughs) Like we, something, we collapsed. Like, yeah, I'm just saying the bill, I'd have to look, the bills have a 76% chance to make the playoffs. So things are looking good, but if they lose this week, then they are falling to the mercy of tiebreakers with teams like mine. But if they lose this week, their 76 goes to like 60 or 58, probably nine. And that doesn't account for how easy their next two games are. So that probably indicates their tiebreakers are good enough. Quite possibly. 
But like, and, and, why it, put your... and it probably accounts for that these North teams all play each other again. So there's at least two losses to two of those teams. Yeah. Uh, and I think they all play each other again, not each other again once, but like the Bengals play the Ravens this week. Then I think they play what the Steelers in week 18. Like, I think yeah. each of the North teams have two games against each other and all of their out of conference games are games where those teams are going to be underdogs in. Yeah, it's an incredible schedule because you're right. All the out-of-conference or division games are against um, heavyweights, as we've kind of realized yeah. in, in looking at it. So let's have some fun. Yeah, so basically the Bills, I think, would have to sweat the Raiders or Broncos would be the team that would come and catch them, unless someone in the North. And if someone in the yeah, North, gets, if someone in the North gets hot, like Pittsburgh is the biggest outlier in all of this. Like if Pittsburgh gets to 10 wins, they're kind of fucked, I feel like, because it feels like someone else would get to 10 wins in the North, and then that could shove them aside. I just, I no, still don't think that the Steelers are any good. Pittsburgh has the tie, though. Yeah, so Pittsburgh can't, wins would Pittsburgh's be 10, not in, Exactly. Tiebreakers don't apply to Pittsburgh because they're tied. They'll either be a half game ahead or a half game behind, whoever. Sure, I, I meant with the tie. Like, that's their tiebreaker, that they would have they fewer losses. they get to 10 losses. wins, they'll yes, be 10-6-1. Yes. This, this I, I did not articulate that properly. With the tie, that puts them ahead. That's their tiebreaker, that they have fewer wins, yeah. that they would just be ahead of everyone. And that would also probably give them the division then the bills would have to deal with baltimore or cincinnati more than likely at 10 wins and see how it stacks up that way but i just feel like that's a very unlikely scenario i agree but like if the bills lose this week i think there's gonna be a panic set in and uh i might be tempted to take atlanta next week because of it <laughs> well there, there there's no team in football with a better point differential than the buffalo bills uh the patriots are actually second in that the bills have outscored their opponents by 151 points so far this season which is just kind of crazy to poor think bills. about yeah poor bills uh jacksonville at the jets toilet bowl now that the now that detroit's good Jets are favored, Tim, for the first time since week four of last year. You were bragging about it to us in our text thread. That's how pathetic you are. 41 and a half I'd is the over-under. It's late December, and the Jets are favored in a football game. I can't be too upset about it. Favored against the Golden Boy, the great receiver. Not, not, hold on, hold on. Quarterback not, of all time. Not, not, you, I never said anything about being upset about it. You were telling us how good the Jets were because they were favored in a game. Makes me happy. Uh, it's been a long time, as you mentioned. It's been a long time since the Jets have been favored in a ball game. And I, I, this game to me is full of intrigue because I get to see the two, the top two quarterbacks play, and we can stack them up against each other and and rank them out and see who finishes better and who finishes worst. And also, the loser has a real shot at the first pick in the draft because of the strength of schedule uh, weakness that both teams have. So very interesting. Like, there's a lot of. I would never want to call this game a hinge game, <laughs> but like it Christ. sort of is in terms of like the consequences of it. Like the loser has got a real easy path to the, to the top pick overall. And uh, the winner obviously will have a team of be able to assert, look, my quarterback beat that quarterback. The stakes are as high as they could be for a game consisting of teams that have four combined wins this late in the year. So like the stakes obviously aren't, aren't very high, but they are as high as they could be given the, the context. You know the Jets are three and eleven, uh, right? We are three and eleven. I'm sorry. So it's, I, I forgot the Jags had two wins. I thought they had one win. You're right. They have two wins. Uh, look, uh, the Jets have, were frisky for a whole first half against the Eagles. Then they were pretty competitive for a whole game against the Dolphins. Two teams that are like a 500 team and fighting for the playoffs. I've seen good things. Like Zach, I think has the most passing yards of any rookie quarterback since week eight. Uh, he's been playing much better uh, statistically in the last few weeks. He's not making the dumb mistakes 
that he had been making. Those are sort of getting worked out of the system. Uh, the offense is settling down a little bit. They still can't block in that. That's devastating. And I mean, this Jaguars team does have a, I mean, I remember that game against Buffalo where their pass rush was unstoppable. So that does concern me, but I think the Jets get a W here at home. Uh, yeah. Give me the Jets minus two and a half. I like it. I had cash a nice Jets bet last week, Jeff. Uh, when Once it got to 10, I was like, let's go Jets. J-E-T-S, cover this 10. And they were able to do it thanks to Tua. Uh, and throwing a pick six to get them back into that game. But- Worst pass I've seen a quarterback make all year. Given the context and the circumstances, you cannot throw a worse pass than what Tua threw there. It was delightful to see when the moment was big again. Tua but he came bounced up. back. Yeah, he, like, they won right? the game. <laughs> like They bounced back immediately. bounce back effort. <laughs> he had to bounce back from his own play. mistake. Yeah, you, you had to bounce back from his own problem. Yeah, but you... How come when Zach Wilson does it? How come when Zach Wilson does it, he just throws another pick on the next player? Like, oh, well, it's not his fault. The beauty, the beauty of the bounce back is, is yes, that's it's acknowledged that something bad happened before it. And the road to seeing your quarterback or favorite player, golfer, athlete have a bounce back situation requires something bad to happen. Like no one wants their team to go down 17, nothing in a game. But in the situation where your team goes down two scores and then your young quarterback comes back and leads them to victory, you take like a, whoa, like that was extra special. Like he made a horrible play, a horrible pick six, an embarrassing pick six. Like I wish there was a video of you watching that pick six, but then the got the ball back and got the points back. And that like is in and of itself it sucks he had to pick six, but that created an opportunity to show that, like, wipe it off, bounce it back, march him, score, win the game. And he did it. Tua career completion percentage is 67.1. That is the single highest percentage of any quarterback ever, Tim, through their first 20 games since 1950 with a minimum of 500 passing attempts. Yeah, I bet you Miami's really happy that they passed on Justin Herbert and took two instead. I'm sure those numbers make them feel really good about themselves. Yeah, sure. Great. Play them next year, too. So let's just see, because my whole debate was Tua versus Herbert. Tim's was literally Tua versus versus every other quarterback in the league. And yes, yes, they might regret Tua versus Herbert, but that's my debate. And that debate doesn't need to be had anymore. Your debate is he can't even have a job. He can't start for anybody. He is horrible. And it's can't... great. Let the Dolphins waste this window they have when they're a half-decent team with a quarterback who's holding it. Great. Keep wasting it. It makes me delighted that they went 10-6 and six last year and didn't get to the playoffs. You're going to go like 9-8 and eight or 10-7. Sure does playoffs. what he right. do. Uh, sorry. Right. If, if Zach Wilson is able to bounce back next year in the way Tua did this year, you would be doing freaking cartwheels that your body isn't even capable of doing. Well, I am capable of cartwheel. But anyway, I will see. Tua's been not horrific, but he's still not good. And like liars can figure and figures can lie. These figures are lying. Well, Jeff, Jeff, right now, Tua is eighth in the league in QBR, a stat that Tim loves. And then we showed Tim that he's eighth in the league in QBR. He's like, well, something is wrong with that then. Now he doesn't believe QBR anymore. Despite the fact that's no, what he always points that. out. Like a miss, Zach, a miss Zach Wilson cover. is 35th. Zach, Darnold, <laughs> Tim, can I tell you something? Darnold looked better than Zach as a rookie. 
I mean, I would say that that's mostly true. It is true. Consider that Darnold had more weapons in his rookie year, and the you call well, what about bad. the what about the bomb squad? Injured the Jets are the, the second year in a row. I think the team in terms of man hours lost, the most injured team in football. They're playing with it. They played with their running backs and all the receivers last week. What happened? Not all of them. Corey Davis wasn't back. Oh, I'm sorry. What Elijah about the, Moore didn't play. What about the first three weeks of the season then? Let me just say, well, we lost Becton in the second game. Like we haven't had a healthy year. So Next year, when they have Devonte Adams, according Adam to you, the, yes. Not just according to me, according to a lot of people. You mean some you guy Adam, that you retweeted called Jets Twitter on Twitter? You put Adams out there on one side, Davis on the other. You've got Moore in the slot, Michael Carter running the ball, Zach improving, a defense that's going to have two top-tier picks to, to put on the defense. This is going to be a very, 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 very special team next year. But not now. We're talking about them versus Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is somehow worse than the Jets, even though both teams are really bad this okay. year. I... Um, need to get this off my chest also on the other side. So I took a, I've never felt probably dumber in some time. I lost a lot on Jacksonville last week. And that is sort of like the equivalent Pat of um, I, like, let's just call it the equivalent of like betting money on Patrick Rogers. And then when it goes bad, you're like, you're how, did, mad. That, like, how you're did that go mad bad? At yourself. <laughs> No, like, you're like, I bet that. Like, I'm not mad at Jacksonville. Like, when I bet on a good team and they don't execute, I'm like, you wait, like, you're too good. You got to execute that, man. When you bet on Jacksonville and they don't execute, you're only allowed to be mad at yourself. Like, I'm mad at myself. Um, It was too much for them to overcome. Even the fact that that game started with them, like, roughing a kicker after a three and out to start which leads to a touchdown. And then the next kick return, eight Jags tackle themselves, whatever. What an abysmal scene, but maybe a full week of preparation without like a midweek coaching change. Cause that didn't happen on like a Sunday night, right? Like they're already mid game plan installs. And that was dumb, but I probably do think they beat the jets. Here's something that I got to say, watched a lot of that game. They did something. Trevor Lawrence, it doesn't look right. Like, the footwork is horrible. And I'm not calling this, like, an end game. And they're going to get someone in there, maybe a Byron Leftwich, which is the hot rumor. Like, I have no doubt the talent is there, like we all assumed. They can fix this. But, like, I don't know. The guy throws bounce passes on, like, 14-yard wide-open receivers. And he does. He doesn't get helped out. A lot of drops there, a lot of things going wrong, but his footwork, and I'm literally a slob on my couch. So I'm no like scout or evaluator. No. But you can just see, like, it looks so sloppy. His ability to step and throw, and what we gave you gave Mac Jones so much credit for being able to do. I don't know. Are you Jason Kidd or you Trevor Lawrence, man? Yeah, well, it's that's bounce pass. Uh, well, I mean, we it's a really out. <laughs> I mean, what do we know about Trey Lance? Almost absolutely nothing. Field seems like he's getting a lot better. Just that team absolutely reeks, and he's almost a one-man show at this point out there. But the difference between Mac Jones and the other four is that Mac Jones looks like he's in his third year, and the other guys look like rookies. Like what we always thought rookies looked like. We got so blessed over the past, like, three, four years with rookies coming into the NFL, and from week one, they looked like NFL players. These guys look like rookies from when we were growing up. You're right. You're right. 
It's true. So we'll see how they all do in year two. But I, I'm going to take Jacksonville here. Jacksonville me too. points. Like two shit teams. Give me the points. Yeah, me too. Detroit and Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by five and a half at DraftKings Sportsbook. Forty-two and a half is the over/under. I am going to take Atlanta, just under the simple premise that I. It, it's funny that I and Tim, you listened to the Best Bet Show last week with Kim, myself, and Pizzola, right? Yep. How I did the complete one eighty on how much I liked Houston at the end of the week instead of Jacksonville because it seemed like when the line first opened and it was like plus four Houston that the world was going to bet Houston and then all of a sudden Urban Meyer gets fired then the world was going to bet Jacksonville it's like just take the other side who what random person is not betting the Lions plus five and a half in this game just give me Atlanta I understand that logic and uh, I. I- Appreciate it. Well, I'm going to tease the Lions up because I think there's a lot of value in getting through about seven and ten there to get it to eleven and a half. Uh, but I, I do see what you're saying. Atlanta certainly does seem like a square side. First little handles probably come in on this game, or sorry, uh, the sharp side where the Lions are more square. And the Lions have done this a few times where the, we, we sort of think, oh, they're playing good. They're uh, they're going to be a good pick this week. And they get absolutely uh, thrashed, but. I don't know. I just don't feel like Atlanta can do that to anybody right now. Maybe they can. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like they did their best last week against the 49ers and just constantly kept coming up short. And Detroit seems ferocious and Atlanta seems timid. And all that combined makes me want to take D- Detroit. That's all. The goof might is on the COVID list, by the way. He might not play. I'm not so sure that David Blau or Tim Boyle are just oh, as adequate. David Blau. I do like David Blau. I mean, the Jets grab David Blau as a backup once Mike White is traded for like a second or first round pick, like I'll be fine with David Blau backing up Zach. If something bad happens. I, I like, I feel like Blau could no, take over. Hold on. The season wouldn't be ruined. Uh, if if Blau- someone said, you've said so many crazy things, but nothing has stuck with me more that you said this year than when you said the Jets essentially have the next breeze and rivers on their roster. I was getting excited. Okay. So if we look at, and this should have come into play when Atlanta was the two and a half point dog to Carolina. I'm looking at pro football Focus's overall grades of team. Uh, Atlanta is 26th in football right now. Below them in the rankings are Carolina, the Giants, the Jets, the Jags, and the Texans. Pretty sure those are all of Atlanta's wins. Except yeah, for, did, except did for a Saints the game. There? Or the Lions, the, the Lions, yeah, right? yeah, but they haven't played the Lions yet. The Lions are the third, fourth gotcha. worst team in football. So they're actually below them on this list. And all, everything outside of that one random Saints victory that they have, they've only beaten teams lower than them on this list. So I think they beat them. And you know, re- realistically, in a game with the Lions, what's the difference between three and a half and five and a half? I'm with you, Pat. It just seems so weird. That's like the biggest win for the Lions. Uh, there's got to be a come down a bit from that. And I, I expect they'll play a hard game. They'll probably be a hard out for, I think, Seattle in, in week 17. And I think they got another, it's Packers or Vikings in the last. And, you know, I'm sure they'll try to bite someone's kneecap going into the playoffs, no doubt. But see, it's so weird because you're laying all these points and, and a lot's made fun of like certain teams in the league and what's home field worth. I am telling you, a game on Christmas Day 
in Atlanta Boxing versus the Day. Detroit Lions, there'll be there'll be nobody there. Like Atlanta's an abysmal home crowd. Like only when the team is good, it's really a bad, you know, situation. That's why they're the only team in the league that can literally sell like two dollar hot dogs. Like anyone else can sell eleven dollar hot dogs because there's at least like an interest in going to the football games. Um, so you're literally like not even paying for, for a, a single cent for a home field this week when you're laying that five and a half. I'm still laying it, but I'm just reminding the audience of how dumb I am. Tim, who are you taking? Detroit. Teasing them up to the other, uh, yeah. next part of the tease. And I knew it's not like, I don't know if I'm allowed to take credit for it. And we're probably not done yet. And I don't even know how bold of a claim it was, but I did guarantee Detroit would not get the number one pick. The funny thing is I guaranteed Houston would but I guaranteed it wouldn't be Detroit. Oh, next game. Chargers at Houston. Texans, nine-point home dogs. Chargers only 7-7 seven and seven against the spread. Texans, 6-8-46 is the game total. Austin Eckler, I saw, is now on the COVID reserve list, Jeff. Does that mean he's out for this game, or did he, like, not test positive? He's just, like, a close contact. I don't know. I, I have, can't make heads or tails about what's going on with this new policy. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but Bosa's been ruled out because he's not Good. vaccinated oh, and he really? might actually have COVID. Um, but everyone else they are claiming is day to day. Thankfully, they're playing the Texans, but this is alarming. I don't know. Keep Herbert in a bubble, like keep him precious, and we should still be able to beat the Texans. You hope so. It, it a lot like the Bills, and maybe this is just a, a bad. I have not gone back and looked at it, Tim. But it feels like the Chargers beat the crap out of really bad teams, just like the Bills do. We only played the Giants, though. We don't really have that to mm. to go by. Beat the crap out of them. Do you like Houston here, Tim? No, I don't. I, I, not enough to put them in or not enough to put the Chargers in any parlays or anything, because I am concerned of a potential outbreak. A, a person sort of has to be, don't they? I am. So, well, yeah. Keenan Allen should be fine, right? Yes. And Mike Williams, was he on the list earlier? Or like what? I remember, didn't they have this like two weeks ago? Yeah, but those were a lot of close contacts. This oh. now it's more concerning. And who, who, if if Herbert went down, is it Chase Daniel who would take the snaps, Jeff, or would it be Easton Stick? <laughs> it's Chase Daniel. Let's not let is that is just like we can envision a lot of things. Let's not go there until we have to, Tim. What do you mean? You just envisioned it by saying we need to make sure we keep him 100% safe so that nothing happens to Herbert. Yeah, but, but I don't want to role play what happens when he is. Well, but if there were ever a game that would be okay to have a backup QB play, it would probably be this one, right? Uh, anyway, we'll take the tax. Uh, we'll take the Chargers. I don't have much confidence in it. Uh, it was a tough loss for the Chargers last week, gutting. Uh, we'll see what their medal is made of. Do they bounce back and crush the Texans? 
or do they win this super close? And does that game linger? I have no idea. We, this is a good gut check game for the, the Chargers. Let's see uh, what they're made of. I'm very interested to see the result of this game. Very, very interesting. Well, I don't know that doing something to Houston would prove anything, but let me tell you, the extra time would probably be beneficial. And I want you to know that this is the, that was probably the second greatest loss in Chargers history. <laughs> In some time, ceiling. Loss. I mean, first place is still last year's game versus the Patriots. That was so bad. I knew it got Anthony Lynn fired. No ifs, buts, what ifs could then save the job. This was a game, Tim, that as Sean O'Hare, former New York Giant, pointed out, reminded him in many ways of when the Giants and Patriots played late in a season before the Giants beat them in a Super Bowl. And it was, yes, the Chargers had beaten the Chiefs in um week three and and i but but the chiefs to me like i still hold them in such a reverence but now it's just like a respect level the fear level gone i know we can beat them our locker room knows we can beat them we lost the battle we lost the battle but oh baby it showed we can win a war we can goddamn win a war they are the team to beat I am not going to mince about that. That is not even to be debated. But we split versus them, and we can beat them. And the Patriots, we lost to by three points. And fourth and Staley, I told you guys, I told you every time you let me talk about it in the offseason, you'll see what I am hearing. People watch these games. I don't know, like maybe you're just this guy that watches primetime football. So you're like turned off sometimes by what Staley is doing. Nothing is a surprise to anybody who has listened to every word the man has said since he has taken the job. I told you, nerds, you were going to love him. And I know you do. Win, lose, or draw. There is a conviction now. And people are like, oh, my God, the defense must be so mad at him. They let him down. No, you don't understand. This has been going on since the summer. There are daily conversations. The defense understands their responsibility. You don't think Staley has conversations? The defense knows we're going forward on fourth down. The defense knows they might have to be put back onto the football field. That's all part of it. That's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. We are, we are coming for jugulars, and we are going to take them. And now, as I close this, I will say, sports books. Before the season, friends, they were offering the chart. Listen, the day after the Super Bowl, I bet the Chargers at 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I got cut off. Okay? They went into the season at essentially 30, 35 to 1. Today, DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get them 35 to 1. This is a team with a 75% to make the playoff probability. This is a team that plays Houston this week. Let's assume they beat Houston. I assume that playoff probability jumps 12 points, 12, 14 points um, in that to make the playoff probability. And to steal something from like golf fans, you know, when something we want to bet on, like, are they going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But why do I want to bet on them? Because they got an ability to spike. They got an ability to spike, and that's why. And, and why should their Super Bowl number be the exact same as it was week one? 
Why? Why? That's ridiculous to me. I re-upped. I'm going to take Houston to cover this number, cover the nine. I can see there being more problems here, COVID-wise. Not one of my favorite games on the board, though. I scare about the COVID the same way I was a little boy at summer camp, overnight camp, and would sneak into the staff lounge to use the internet to find out if LaDainian made it through a day of training camp without getting hurt. Like I would spend, like I would go to bed as a kid, like saying a prayer, like I hope LaDainian's healthy tomorrow. There is a television show, Young Jeff in overnight camp, riding a horse, Young Jeff at overnight camp, you know, like, uh, Roughing it outdoors in the wilderness. Now, there's a show I'd watch. Young Jeff in overnight. But the overnight camp I went to as a kid is now under scandal. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, it's probably not something I should be promoting. Okay. By, by the way, like, by the way, I, I don't know if this is a real story or not. Were you at overnight camp when you were 16 and 17 years old? <laughs> yeah, it was a staff. Was oh, oh. oh. They you you're a kid. like seven years old yeah. trying to ride a horse. And <laughs> but just- hold on. I was also at, but I wasn't 16 when we had Ladanian. Well, maybe he, I was. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was 2001 when he came into the league, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah. But then when I became staff, I get to go to the staff lounge on lunch on my own and, and check for. Imagining you assembling wood, trying to set a fire. Uh, what Tim, do you okay Tim like, Tim Tim what do you think where, where do you think I went yeah where, what, do you, what do you think the Jewish think summer I camp went? is like <laughs> what do you think like, like Ontario sort of roughing it out in the middle of the woods oh my god this camp dude. is no but I would just say so now the camp is under under like things happen well put it this way the camp is under like scandal now and people that like ran it when I were there have all had to resign because in recent years long since I left Things came to light about um, improprieties. Yeah, improprieties going on there, some misconduct, con- misconduct, and a whole light was shine on sort of like the sexual promiscuity hookup culture that this camp like accepted and cultivated. But I met my wife at this camp, and we have a beautiful family. So if they want me to be like uh, the face of like the good end of they, they don't hook up culture then <laughs> then we can put us in a in a pamphlet or something and they probably want to lean out of that now i think i the, the overall point of this yeah tim i don't think it's like into the wilderness alone style summer camp jeff probably had fucking golf lessons at his summer camp okay well i'm a magic okay i also want to tell you other like camps a- would make fun of like how easy and pathetic my camp's canoe trips were why because you guys got to uh, kick back and other people paddled the canoe for you or something no we would do the paddling but like we did like these small tiny portages and other people do like these week-long like canoe trips and ours were like nothing so yeah no i went to um no it wasn't a very roughing it sort of <laughs> summer camp and i never chopped wood that sounds like that sounds like a Pat Mayo type of summer camp. I would have much enjoyed much more enjoyed that than going to chop wood with my grandfather, which was horrible. Honestly, it was it's good times. It was, yeah, I don't want to. It was oh man, yeah. If only fun. If only there was an adult summer camp that you could go to for two months of the summer. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, now I think that's being able to send your kids away to something. Yeah, camp. well, Paul says tree planting, but, 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 but tree planting sounds super hard. I don't want to do that. I just want to kick back and like play horseshoes or something. Just basically be, 
just one month of a year, be like a retiree in Florida. Just live that life. That sounds excellent. I don't remember how we got on that subject, but yeah, I'm worried. I'm fully worried about a, a bad outbreak. You saw what happened to the Rams and, and LA is just apparently being overrun. And uh, yeah. So the way, the way Staley spoke yesterday was kind of like, they're bracing for some more bad news guys. Like that's just the vibe. I got, and I want to point out, I got a Staley presser on the Monday, but I don't even want to count it as official because we played on Thursday and they didn't give me the Friday presser. So like a lot of people are showing me that the charges posted the Monday from yesterday, but I think that's just because the, um, like they take different connotations when you play on the Thursday and they didn't give me the Friday. So I still didn't get it. Nonetheless, God forbid we lose this football game. God forbid. It'll change everything, including my trip. Tim, what do you think goes on at summer camps? I never got to go to one growing up. So I'm just speculating off of things like I've seen on television and read about where I just assume people like live in like uh, rustic quarters where it's bunk beds and like wood cabins. And like that's true. People are like learning how to start fires and horseback ride and, uh, you know, maybe play games like pick up baseball or basketball and like learn how to do arts and crafts and go on nature hikes and do portages with their kids. He's not far off. Like, that's what I imagine. I imagine it's sort of like a real authentic roughing it thing. Oh, yeah. All those games of pick up basketball you play out in the wilderness. Well, but particularly for people who've grown up living in cities their whole lives. Like, this is really quite a... So, I will say, because I went to this camp, like, a long time. Like, from 10 to then, like, being a staff. And when you're younger, it's pretty much everything Tim said. Like, everything Tim said it was. But then once you get to, like, 15, 14, 16, it's literally just, like, doing your parents paid for you to go away and do nothing all day. And like, I don't really know what to say, but like, yeah, like uh, just hang out with girls and play pickup baseball and basketball. Yeah. Yeah, These summer, these summer summer camps only exist. So parents can get their kids out of the house for six weeks. (laughs) I don't think that's actually the reason I think it's so that kids have an opportunity to experience uh, circumstance and surrounding that they otherwise don't get to experience. Oh, Tim. Yeah. Oh, Tim. If they were that concerned <laughs> about it, they would do it with their fucking kids themselves. No, I mean, but some people, like, <laughs> no, I actually don't agree with that. I think there's a okay, camaraderie. Just because you can't, most people can do this stuff. Uh, and okay. You're very clearly not a parent is showing. <laughs> well, but I've never alleged to be a parent, but these things were not created just so that parents would ship off their kids. That's, oh, no, no. I'm sure that there are some that they are not created for, but that's the whole idea of summer camp. Sure, they can get whatever experience they want. I mean, that's really irrelevant. It's get the kids out of the fucking house for the first time in like nine years so we can do something with our lives. That is the point Tim, of summer it's camp. It's 100% <laughs> that. Because you literally, like, honestly, in hindsight, like, you look back at it, and your parents literally just send you away to be taken <laughs> care of by 18-year-olds who are, like, Goombas. I, yeah, they're and just like, fucking smoking joints. I became that 18 year old. And it's like, okay, guys, we have like this period next, but I'm just going to go to the washroom and 
hit this Billy into a bounce tube and we'll be right out. Me and your counselors have a great day planned. And at nighttime, we're just thinking about like what 18 year old guys are thinking about, which is finding it and then ordering a pizza and sneaking it into camp. Like I'm like, so, but then you're like our parents, it's like a never ending cycle and they know they're just sending you off to be taken care of by irresponsible adolescents. So yeah, they just want you out of the house and they hope God forbid, nothing bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's uh, they're playing like the, uh, the minus two fifty that nothing bad is going to happen at the summer camp and be like, you know what? Those are acceptable odds for me. I just need a part of my life back. And I think that's where we're going to go. Ravens in Cincinnati. Jeff, do not bet on this game. Oh, Cincinnati's favored by two and a half at home. 44 and a half is the over under. I was, I mean, the Bengals were my super lock and they came through last week. was not super impressed by them at Denver. Not exactly how I thought that game was going to go. Uh, felt a lot better when Drew Locke came into the game, although Teddy wasn't playing well at all. I'd be like, oh, Drew Locke having to stage a comeback? Probably not going to happen. And it didn't because Drew Locke is horrible. But we're getting Lamar back, I'm guessing, for this game, right? I assume so. I mean, Huntley certainly has acquitted himself well in the games he's played, but uh, I, I think Lamar makes a big difference here. I'm taking the Ravens. We're teasing the Ravens up to the fourth part of the tease. I think they take some of the stress out of it. I think it's going to be a close game either which way. Uh, at two and a half, you can make the case with it being close that, you, that there's no big difference between taking the Bengals and Ravens here. Just pick the team you think is going to win. I think the Ravens are going to win, so I'm going to take Baltimore. I think that the Bengals are going to win this game. Uh, Cincinnati absolutely boat raced them the first time around, didn't they? In Baltimore? My, I they, am I missing? I mean, they definitely that? won. I thought they, they, definitely... Like, they beat. I thought they beat the crap out of them. Well, we'll take a look. I'll laugh at that. Let's see. Cincinnati beat the Ravens forty-one to seventeen. Yeah, fair enough. Yes, they did. But I mean, it's a divisional game. It's unlike that's unlikely to happen twice. Sure. And, uh, I mean, outside of it, it just seems like so far this year that I guess Cincinnati will play the Steelers again in Week Seventeen. No, they didn't. They played the Steelers twice, didn't they? They beat them. 41. Yeah, they'll play. Yeah, they'll play the Browns for for whatever reason that their defense in division has been really good. So maybe just years and years and years of seeing these teams, and maybe these offenses aren't very good. But maybe your argument shouldn't be that people are worried about Huntler. Uh, Tua versus Herbert. Should be Huntley and Tua. Maybe the Dolphins should have taken Huntley. (laughs) Huntley's playing very good football. But I mean, look, the Ravens last week, last three weeks came on the wrong side of a coin flip three times in a row. Against Pittsburgh, against uh, Cleveland when they had a chance to win, and then last week against uh, the the Packers. That's three straight games where things totally broke against them. I feel like a lot of averages suggest that if they're in a close game, they they should catch a break and the, the Bengals have lots of problems and they did not dominate. And if uh, the, the uh, there hadn't been a breakdown in coverage on that long play, then maybe the Broncos win that game outright. It's hard to say. Uh, I don't know. Unfortunately for Baltimore, like I agree with you, the law of averages in a close game has to break their way, but the law of averages also say at some point, they're not even going to be in a close game. That's fair. Like That's at some cool. point, like the injuries and like, it's just, crazy what they've gone through and the fumes that they are running on and the bodies they've lost that just aren't you know coming back and and there's really you know who in the league could recover from what they've recovered from i'm not saying i'm gonna bet it for real but i'll take oh geez i don't want to do it i don't 
I don't have a clue. Lamar's playing. We don't know. We think so. Give me the Ravens then. I was about to take the Bengals, but I'm going to take the Ravens. Hard game to pick. All right. I'll take the points. So Ravens for the two of you, Cincinnati for myself, and the hot fire coin. That brings us to the midway point of the show, which means it's time for a Cuss Corner mini. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to bring up something that I saw on the BBC last week. I was going to mention, but that you didn't have a chance to bring up. And there was a story coming up. People have probably read about it by now. If they haven't, I'll inform them. There was a story uh, being reported out of New Zealand that the government of New Zealand uh, is going to be prohibiting the purchase of tobacco uh, permanently for anybody 18 or younger, and then moving that prohibition age up and up and up and up uh, until cigarettes are, are not legal to purchase. Now, I wanted to bring this topic up in part because I'm interested in hearing Pat wax on about it because he has sort of a, a split on a lot of things. He likes to let people do sort of what they want, but he also likes when the government prohibits things from people that, that, that they consider unhealthy. So I think this is going to fail. I think it's inevitably going to fail. Prohibition always fails. Uh, it just develops a black market for it. And while there are certainly, obviously it would be healthier for people not to, not to smoke, but the idea that the, if we just make it illegal forever for anybody 18 and younger to ever purchase these, the result of it well, is it, not is, going is, to be... Isn't it illegal for people under the age of 18 to purchase cigarettes now? No, but like when they turn 19, they will not be allowed to purchase them. Oh, so 20, anyone 18 or under right now, that as soon as they become of it's age... It's like grandfathering in a helmet okay. in hockey. So what, but then even that age starts to roll back too. Like, like, so in this scenario, would I ever be able to not purchase cigarettes? Yes. As I understand it, it would roll back in so many years that you wouldn't be able to either. Okay. This is interesting, and I actually think this can work, especially in a place like, like New Zealand because the population is so small, that the difference between banning something like cigarettes and banning something like alcohol is that the vast majority of people drink in some sort of capacity. Most people do not smoke, especially in the just every year that moves forward, fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer people smoke, especially in what we would consider, especially, let's say, like even the Commonwealth countries by and large, uh, and even in America, too. Like you see a huge decline because people know how bad smoking is for you. And this comes from someone who smokes. I, I love smoking. I wish I didn't smoke. And I think that if something like this was in place and I would have never started in the first place, and I wish that I hadn't started in the first place between, I don't know, like I have no problem with like weed being legalized. Cause I mean, it doesn't have the same health right. effects on you as cigarettes do. Like cigarettes are basically the worst thing that you can do to yourself. Like, there's no reason for cigarettes to exist at all. I don't think. Uh, in terms of selling them to the public where at at least at least you can you know argue that i mean i don't know the specific details of it but if you drink like a glass of wine a day like there are health benefits to that there's no health benefits to having a cig a day i'll tell you that much benefits to rum if not let's ban that too i guess is there any health benefits to big macs well maybe we should ban that too you know obesity rates are raising every single year 
even though smoking rates are, are dropping. I, I'm saying, while I understand the push for it, I think it's going to do nothing but develop a black market. And the black market is, it, it's interesting, we're living in an era where things are being liberalized when it comes to drugs, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to all kinds of stuff. But like tobacco is the one thing that people are cracking down on with a puritanical fervor. And it's like every time we try these crackdown things fail, but but this time it won't. This time the most harsh crackdown imaginable is going to be efficacious. I, I don't think it will be. And I think there will be negative externalities to this type of action. And I also think it can open the door for uh, bans of other things that, like you said, these don't things don't need to exist. There's no need for a Big Mac to exist. So like, it's bad for people's health. And yeah, in moderation, it's fine. But there's too many people who are moderate. And we have single-payer health care. So we've got to pay for your health if you're obese. So we should ban that, too, for anybody under the age oh, of 10. Oh, so yeah, but, 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 but this isn't America doing it. America would never do this. <laughs> But, or New Zealand or any country. It seems like I, I'm looking at it right now. 9% of the population in New Zealand smokes. And it's not a big population to begin with. No. I feel like that they could get away with doing this because it feels like people would be on board for this. And when you went to different places around the world, they would not be on board for this. But if that's something that they want to do, I would think that it only helps public health. <laughs> I, no one's disputing that it doesn't help public health. But public health is not the only game in town here for a self-governing society. What, what, what do you care about what New Zealand does? Why is that your problem? Most certainly not my problem. And I think it's a very fascinating case study to see how an English-speaking Western democracy handles this prohibition. But we have a boatload of history to suggest it is going to flounder and uh, is not going to work. And it could cause some really negative consequences with black markets and organized crime that are those actually worth the cost? I'm not so sure that they are, and I'm not so sure we want to be encouraging the state to be eliminating people's liberties, even if they are self-injurious. I mean, I, people, we are living in a society where doctor-assisted death is be, has become legalized and where marijuana has become legalized and where alcohol prohibition on sales on Sundays has been done away with. We are moving inextricably, it seems, in a more libertine direction. But on this one thing, we're going to completely snap the other way. It seems paradoxical, and I don't think it can work. And so I'm just, I was fascinated to have the conversation because I think it's a very interesting piece. I, uh, I, I think when you target something, when you target something like cigarettes, I, I just feel like the vast majority of like far closer to like looking at it now, like 9% of the people, like only around 14% of the people smoke in the United States. It's just a really galvanizing thing that people can get on board with that. There are so many people that don't smoke anymore because smoking has become less and less prevalent among all, like from the oldest generation when cigarettes became yeah. mass produced to now that there's going to be an under, there's an underground economy of cigarettes right now. I know people that go buy bags of cigarettes because they're cheaper. Sure, cigarettes are super expensive right now. Um, yeah. And they tend to, I mean, by and large, when you look at the demographics that the poorer you are, the more likely you are to smoke. And that drains a lot of the funds that come out of your bank. So if you can put it this in place now, I can see why they're going to do it. I bet you it works in New Zealand. I don't think it would work here. I don't think it would work in America. I think it might work in New Zealand. I don't know. I think it's contrary to human nature. These prohibitions always seem to to, to well. To then, wreck on if you want that, we should legalize all drugs. Well, don't doesn't it feel like we are moving more <laughs> towards that direction than against it? Like, no. Does anybody think that we're moving? It does seem like we are moving towards a more liberalization 
No, what, just what, about... what will end up happening is that there'll be a decriminalization of doing the drugs. So even if you like, well, like well, if you get caught new... smoking a cigarette in New Zealand, is it decriminalized? Do you go to jail for that, for possession of yeah, cigarettes? Or will it be like if, to, if like, what is it in Portugal that all drugs are basically like legalized? I don't think you can just go to the store and buy cocaine. But if you get caught doing cocaine, you don't go to jail. You go to like a rehabilitation program. I just think that we should be very cautious when we withdraw people. But we aren't doing anything. New Zealand is doing something. Why, okay, again, why do you like, care? Well, this is a Commonwealth country much like our own. You don't live there. You live fucking halfway across the world. Well, listen, that's certainly true. But if it is as, as successful as you say, then that can be a potential cause for the abridgments of rights in a country such as this. It's possible. We should always be vigilant about people's liberties being curtailed permanently, which is what this would be. Uh, it's it's certainly something we should not take with, with uh, without great caution. I think it makes perfect sense. And Tim, you even seem I'm like I I don't think the grandfathering in is going to eliminate people from getting it as they're older, like. Someone our age, I believe in New Zealand, will probably be able to buy cigarettes until they're, say, 90. But I think the grandfathering in makes perfect sense. And I don't even think those kids would care about it. Because as, as Pat has pointed out, and what's clearly obvious is, like, the amount of kids that smoke, like, the progress that has been made in the anti-smoking um, crusade is probably as successful as anything maybe in the history of time. To be perfectly honest, yeah, it feels like right, the rates. Can... It feels like the rates of everything else bad for you have gone up over the past seventy-five years. And yeah. I mean, smoking is just the one that you can pick on that they want to get rid of. It. They'd love to get rid of all of this stuff, but populations will not demand that. Populations like doing things. Too many of us like going to McDonald's. Yeah, like even <laughs> like yeah, but there's not enough people that will fight for the smokers' right. I, I think. Well, in this... those rights, it's just the idea that. It's been so successful with an educational campaign that I, I think if you wanted to really continue to curb and reduce smoking, I, I think further education and further promotion would be far more effective than blanket pro, uh, permanent prohibitions. I, You're I, probably I right. The trajectory that it's going on to keep instituting that in much the same way that all of our kids are you like just the concept of like recycling like and non-smoking like they've kind of gone in like different directions right we're teaching it we're making it fundamental where by the time they get to that age it's not even a thing like i, I mean maybe call me naive maybe there's a whole team of kids smoking behind the high school right now i there probably are but i don't know you're right it seems like the progress that has been made why do anything to stop that like consistent progress that will probably get to a very, if like Pat says is 14% now, I'm sure it's only a matter of a decade before we're at like 6%. Yep. Why stop be, that? I mean, something? I mean, it's probably not a decade before it gets to 6%. But so like two decades, but it, it sure. is. But, but I, I feel like they probably feel like they're at the critical point right now where they can just like, because that's the overall population that smokes. If you have a population under 18 in the like, percentage of people who smoke is like 0.5%. Like, what's the harm of doing it if no one's buying the stuff anyway? I think that's how they feel about it, and then it's just gone. And then no one really has to deal with something that the main purpose is to yeah. just give you cancer. You're right. So you're right. They're at a threshold where so few people 
where they would have the public support. And it's you're right. The threshold that we can now literally eradicate it if we take this step. Um, and it, it would, I'm interested. It, it would only feel like it would work in places with small populations, too, because there would still be whether or not, let's say, in the states, if you have 330 million people and like even let's say it gets down to 10 percent, 10 percent of people smoke, still 33 million people that smoke. You're really yeah. putting a lot of people out on this one and you will have enough voices that come up and you know, there's enough people tied in government to like tobacco lobbies that, you know, maybe they can start paying off a few people here and there to get a few votes their way. If you have a shot to do this, you probably end up trying to take it, especially if there's very little pushback uh, in certain things like this. So if the time to do it is now, the time to do it is now. I mean, I'm not against it, to be perfectly honest with you. I'd have to quit smoking, obviously, if it came. Actually, I wouldn't because I would still be grandfathered in. I would like to quit smoking. But it's just the difference between smoking and something like, let's say, fast food. It's just that the level of addictive properties in cigarettes versus fast food is, can't even really be measured on the same scale. Like, they're both bad for you, but you could eat fast food in moderation. You, no one smokes in moderation. That doesn't happen. Like, everyone who is, well, like, the, the weekend smoker, they just end up becoming smokers. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't think prohibitions work. We have a ton of evidence to suggest prohibitions are not very effective. Well, besides the alcohol prohibition in the 20s, what other prohibitions in like the last 100 years can you point to? I would say the prohibitions on marijuana use were so ineffective that the government had to turn around and legalize it. Well, was there a prohibition? Wasn't it just always, it had never been legal, had it? Well, for the longest time, there were no laws on it one way or the other because it just wasn't a part of culture. And then when it developed, the laws were passed against it as a narcotic. And those prohibitions were not effective. When are prohibitions effective? They, they, they tend not to be. You look back in in... You know, when it comes to religious prohibitions against celebrations and various sort of puritanical things in the 17th century, those prohibitions. Was there a prohibition on it, or was it just like a Nancy Reagan say no to drugs campaign that was, I guess, history showed didn't work at all and was just mocked, I guess, right? But no, there were legal consequences for it. Like, they, like they were, it was prohibited. You couldn't legally sell it. The same, like I said, you can go back to the 16th, 17th, 18th century to see all kinds of things that were prohibited. Those prohibitions didn't work. They just defueled an underground or a black market. And so I'm just saying you need to be very careful about these things because black markets and organized crime will swoop in to fill in the gaps. And then I'm not so sure if you're not just substituting one set of problems for another. You could be, it won't even be close to the amount of people purchasing cigarettes on the black market versus purchasing cigarettes right now. Like, and like I said, the black market of cigarettes already exists. Right, but you don't think it would hyperdrive it? Of course, I, it I was in a 7 Eleven yesterday and a woman was haggling with the price of her carton, and it was a really depressing scene to be witnessing, I tell you. I mean, they're, they're instead of, like, especially here, and uh, I mean, whenever I go to New York or I go to California, it's kind of the same way. California, not so bad, because it'll still give you a few deals in certain places inside the state. But New York is like very expensive to buy cigarettes. When Paul moved here, uh, from Ontario to Nova Scotia. The price of cigarettes in Nova Scotia is like 20 bucks a pack. It's outrageous. Like instead, wow. of, like instead of making, basically, they've jacked up the prices so much that they thought that would quell the amount of people smoking. But since people are addicted to it, they're just spending more money on it at the moment. So you can try out whatever you want. I think once you get to that critical point of it tipping back over and people not doing it anymore, it's probably a good thing to get rid of. It really has no benefit to society. <laughs> Like none whatsoever. At least with well, like, at least with weed, you can consider it in the same ballpark as like alcohol. Like a lot of people stopped drinking and started smoking weed. Like no one's 
Yeah, no, that, that's true. But again, like liberty in and of itself is a value. Haven't we seen like the past five years? That's not like people are fine with giving up a, a few liberties. Some people there. are, but that doesn't. Yeah, but I mean, there were de- degrees of sa- sacrificing your liberty. I mean, and, the, and one is banning everything. cigarettes. That's it. That's where you're planting the flag. Well, I'm, t- I'm saying a permanent ban of a substance like that might actually be something to plant a flag on as a, as a, a matter of principle. You just love cigs uh, too much. I think that's a problem. No, no, I, I don't think that's true. I would listen. I don't like alcohol that much. If they banned alcohol tomorrow permanently again, it wouldn't affect my life very much. I would be as ardently opposed to it as I am this. All right, I might cut this cuss mm. corner. This one's not very funny. It's not about. This wasn't supposed to be a funny one. They're I mean, all funny ones. They're supposed to be funny. You sort of did a funny okay. thing. People would about- rather hear about how your dinner at your dad's was after the Dolphins. Jet- we didn't have a dinner. As soon as I walk in the door, he started playing that stupid snowman with the Dolphins theme song. And I yelled and left and, and, and I had to leave and, and not be in the room anymore. <laughs> I couldn't be around it. You got triggered by a snowman? The snowman sings the Dolphins touchdown song when you push the button. What's the, got a dolphin what's the Dolphins touchdown song? Miami Dolphins, yeah, exactly. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yeah, so like, you push a from, button the do- and the snowman shakes back and forth and sings that song. And so as soon as I walk in the house, he pushes that button. I was like, all right. And when you're talking Dolphins, you're talking Super Bowl. We are the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one, 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 one. Yes, I just couldn't, I couldn't take that. I walked in, heard that. It was like, it was like the SpongeBob meme. It was like, ah, I'm out of here sort of thing. I'm going to head out. <laughs> That's what happened. Your dad knows how to repel you also, I guess. Like, I don't want to have dinner with Tim. I'll just play the snowman when he walks in the door. Yeah. I was like, nope, I don't need this. Goodbye. I thought you were made from tough fiber. I am, but I was like, I don't need to. I've just spent the last several hours listening to how great the Dolphins are. Now they're going to win the Super Bowl. No one, you, you, you spent that day with me and no one said that. that so now, said. now you're just making stuff up. No, no, that was said from our Dolphins fan. Right. You mean when you when the Jets scored a touchdown and you wagged your finger in his face and then he slapped you and then you complained that you bruised really easily and then you complained I that do. he I hit you? Paper skin, I bruised from stuff like that. Yeah, you were just being fucking annoying the entire time. Anyway, then I came home, had to deal with the snowman. And I was like, you know what? I, I just don't. I just don't need this. And then I went home and I watched the the games sort of like by myself quietly. You retired to your week. millennial loft because people were too mean to you. I, I, I settled to my uh, my easy chair and had a bit of a nap. Because people were too mean to you out in the outside world? I just don't think you hear about the Dolphins constantly. Oh, Dolphins. You bring Dolphins it on yourself. Out. All you do is talk about the Dolphins. You go on to you Dolphins You say you're on Reddit. Dolphins Reddit. You say you spend Saturday afternoons playoff machining how yeah. they'll, like, their fate. So it's yes. you. <laughs> I can't help it. You want it. You're addicted to it. All you actually want to hear about is the Dolphins, it sounds like. Yeah, well, you know what? I hope the dolphins are banned. That'd be nice. There's a problem. And guess what? You get the treat of the dolphins getting the illustrious position of playing a nice primetime game this week and getting spoken about and broken yeah. down. Uh, and and Tua's going to be praised so much by Greasy and Riddick, right? Oh, yeah. And if he makes a mistake, none of the mistakes will be his. You can be sure about that. You're going to lose to Tua and Trevor Lawrence in back-to-back weeks. And then you're... Thanks, Jeff. No, we're not. We're not losing this week. Not happening. (laughs) But, like, then what? Then I'll be really upset. 
You're upset no, already. That's, bad. that's like you you can acknowledge that's really bad for your brand, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, but his brand is losing. <laughs> like his brand is being sad and pathetic. This would only enhance his brand, I think. No, but the two guys he's harder on than anybody, Tua and Lawrence. <laughs> he plays in back-to-back weeks. I mean, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has thrown a touchdown in like eight weeks or something like that. Something outrageous. This would be the week he throws for like 500 yards and six touchdowns. So, Pat, are we making an alternate Lawrence like three touchdown prop this week? Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm going to make a note to look for Lawrence touchdown props. Oh, this is one that I wanted to bring up. I threw this to you guys a little bit like a few weeks ago. And it was, and I want to get the wording of this right. What is the most devastating sports injury you can remember in your lifetime? And I don't mean the most vicious, hard to look at, like Joe Theismann type of injury. I meant to you personally, like someone you loved got hurt and they were just never the same. Cause I feel like there's one answer to this for me. That's not even close to anything else. And then I really have to rack my brain for the rest of them. what did you guys come up with? Do you want me to give you mine? I think I would pick Ken Griffey Jr. That was mine. Yeah, that was always mine. Lindros, too. I love Lindros. I, I hated Lindros so much. Oh, I liked him. The worst. The nut low. Nut low Lindros. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm six foot seven and I play junior hockey. I'm awesome. Yeah, give me a break. He did the Eli Manning before the Eli Manning was a thing, refusing to go to the Nordiques. That's true. And then the Nordiques moved. Yeah, but he did that. People don't remember. He did that in the OHL. He refused to go to Sault Ste. Marie, I believe. And he demanded a trade or they had to trade him to Oshawa. Like he'd been calling his shot um, before even even that. But they got Forsberg. That's uh, they got more. Trade. They got more than that. They got a bunch out of that. They got Forsberg. They got someone else too. Wasn't it Sundin? Like Sandis Ozalinch or something? I thought they got Sundin in that deal too. No, I no, don't think Sundin was the Nordiques' own first overall pick. Was also. he? Yeah. Eric Lindros have that rookie card. Tree. Maybe it was like Mike Ricci. May have been one of the guys they end up. Yeah, they got a full that. slew and and picks. Yeah, it set them up. I mean, the most be- personally devastating injury was in 2008 when Brett Favre got hurt against the Seahawks because I think the Jets would have won the Super Bowl that year. See, I would I mean, say it's, for it's, Tim... It's, it's better that he got hurt so you could pretend like they would have won the Super Bowl. Like, you count... It made a lot- in, in your crazy mind, you count that as a Super Bowl in your mind. No, I don't. I, I count it as a year that we should have won the Super Bowl. Uh, there's been a couple of those in, in past years, but that's uh, one of them, and I... So, Jeff, to the Philadelphia Flyers was Eric Lindros. To the Nordiques was Peter Forsberg, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon, Ron Hextall, Steve du- Steve Duchesne. Was it Duchesne? Is that how that doesn't spell Duchesne, does it? Oh, then. Is maybe, it- maybe it is. Yes. Does he spell it? Does Steve Duchesne, did he spell his last name really bizarrely? Does it end S-E? Yeah, S-N-E. Yeah. All right, so they got Steve yeah, Duchesne. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kerry Huffman, two first round picks and $15 million. <laughs> wow. Feel um, like, and they won what? Like two cups because of it? Well, I would say for Tim, like, isn't the most devastating injury he's been a part of was his very own New York Jets member, Mo Lewis, 
ending Drew Bledsoe's career, which changed not sorry, career that I misspeak, changing the course of history right there. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's I the one like even if that hadn't happened, Brady was good enough that he would have taken over for that team sooner or later. It, it, it hastened it. But it didn't like it wasn't like the thing that if that had not happened, then Brady would never have played and they would. I don't know. But it doesn't happen that year. There is no tuck rule. There is no like 9-11 year Super Bowl versus the Rams. And, and it just it I changes, don't know. It definitely does change things. But it's not like Brady wouldn't still have found a way to start for that team and win. I mean, if people forget the next year, they didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, he would have taken over probably by 03 regardless. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a fair point. But I think it's always been a, a bit overdone. I guess Tiger's injuries you'd have to put up there, but it wasn't like one thing. It was a bunch of different things, wasn't it? Like you had the knee injury, then you had the car crash, then you had another injury, then you had like a back surgery, and then you had another car crash. Like it's it's been a rough go for Tiger on the injury front, but he keeps coming back is the thing. Never like peak Tiger levels. Maybe he did come back and win a Masters, so it worked out from that. I'm just trying to think of some other ones. Willis McGahee, I like back when I watched college in that national title game, like I thought he was going to be like the next Barry Sanders, the way that he was being talked about. I was a kid at the time. Uh, he probably wouldn't have worked out that way, although he was still pretty good in the pros. Yep. But to, like watching his knee bend the other way, like it, knowing that was his last college football game, too, was pretty devastating. But he, you know, he got lucky. It would never happen today. He still ended up being like 21st overall. Oh, or- yeah in the 20s by the bills you would never get that break um today off the injury i think also uh drew Brees. the chargers are seven and eight it's a meaningless week 17 game and he the broncos uh sack him sack him hard he gets sandwiched he tears up that shoulder and the concept of the Chargers franchise tagging him goes out the window and he fails a physical for the Dolphins. And I think that is one of the laziest reframings in the history of sport, but it can get written. However, you know, the winner wants to write it. Tom Benson was moving that team. Like the new Orleans saints, when drew Brees signed there, when Sean Payton took that job, that was Siberia in NFL terms. It was Siberia. Like they were trying to move to San Antonio. That is the truth. They wanted no point of with that team or with that market or any part of it. And Katrina made it impossible to leave. Like you can't like leave now. We just, right. You just whatever. And how that all just formulated into them being now, just a a such a pronounced place within the National Football League um and a, a tentpole stadium city uh, that event that gets all its primetime games and regular rotation Super Bowl I guess the other two would, would be rotated back the other way I would say Kevin Durant not being able to play at all in the NBA finals gave the Raptors a championship. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Guys who can't play in a game. Kevin Durant came back and was like the best player in basketball again. It didn't really affect him. Like his career wasn't significantly altered because of it. Like when we look back, no, even if he never wins right another about. championship, he's going to have two instead of three, like no big deal. Uh, yeah, I'd say, right I'd say Anthony Kim 
would be one because he disappeared off the face of the earth to collect his insurance money. He can't play again. Mark Pryor would be the other one because Mark Pryor felt like he was going to be amazing. And he was, but just every year it was something else. And he just, he could never sustain it at all. And it felt like he was going to be the best pitcher of our generation. I've got one. Hit me. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. That he died at a young age because he wasn't wrestling. No, that he got hurt. And he, I guess the thing you said about Anthony Kim, he took some crazy Lloyds of London. It's like this famous wrestling story. Like he took some insane injury settlement. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Swear to God. Huh. He effed up his back. He took some insane injury settlement. And I think it was never worth getting back in the ring again. I mean, we missed. I had a- written down here Grant Hill when he hurt his an ankle. Oh yeah, that's that a, that's a really good one. Yeah, he never. Yeah, he was the he man. got that infection afterwards, and just his career just was was kind of over, even though it wasn't technically over. That was it for him. He made a nice comeback with the Suns as like a role guy for a few years. Sure, sure, but like he wasn't one of the best two or three players in basketball, which he was. I don't know if there's an injury, and the story isn't like really done yet, but. It's crazy, like, I get, or you just chuck it up to football 101, but Odell, in many regards, like, how crazy that career started and how just trouble he's had getting any traction since. Now, is that, do we think that's necessarily 100% injury-related, or was that just a just confluence of circumstances of, you know, he maybe thought he was a bit better than he was, ego-driven, injury-driven, bad teammate-driven towards the end of guys getting him the ball over the past four years or so? Maybe like, also like it, it feels like a lot of different being things. over a little overrated because of a, a cat, a highlight, like sort well, of changes. Yeah. perception also a bit right and, and i think that he caught what like 25 touchdowns his first two years in the league and a lot of them were huge highlight reel type catches so yeah i think that he just may have been a bit overrated but i think justin jefferson now like after odell and maybe like randy moss maybe like is now at the point where he's having the two best opening years of his career of any receiver ever we'll see where it goes from here but normally yeah the, the stark drop off for odell I do because Odell on the Rams is kind of looking a bit Odell. He's just o- older now, and obviously just not going to be the same. But do we really think he was limited by injuries, or was it a whole bunch of different things? Because he got hurt what like three times in three years. It's a mixture of things. Be having been a bit overrated, plus injuries, plus bad team circumstances, plus going to an overrated quarterback. Tim wants to say too, right? Well, there's no doubt about that. He he'll tell you. Ask him. His dad will tell you about it too. <laughs> I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of other ones. Justin Morneau is a bad one. Like, he won AL MVP, and then he, just, he got a concussion, and, like, he was never the same. Yeah, that happened here in Toronto. He, like, slid into John McDonald's leg and never... Uh... My least favorite Blue Jay of all time, Johnny Mack. Oh, God, I hate him. I'll that say guy. from a Charger perspective, Kevin Mawai, that cheap SOB Tim's familiar with. But I don't know that he was a cheap SOB in the Jets, but that was a Jeff Fisher tactical thing. Blew out every single piece of Sean Merriman's leg, and it never it never happened again for him. Yeah, but, but that he that, was that led to him being on the challenge and then me interviewing him about the challenge on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. So I feel like that all really worked out for him. Yeah, I, I, I guess, but he was on like some electric like run and then 
everything inside the knee got blown out because of a low blow by uh, Jeff Fisher's coaching. All right. Well, let's uh, jump back into the games here. Chicago is at Seattle. Seattle's favored by seven. Obviously, they have not played on Tuesday as we record this. 44 is the over-under. How much do you think this number could change if, let me give you circumstance number one. Seattle loses by 30 to the Rams. What does this number go to, do you think, Jeff? See, this is a really weird one, Pat, because we got two teams that will have played on Monday night, and you can almost say, like, in combination of what would the number be if the Bears just even covered right? Like they should have, let alone maybe have won the last game. But if Seattle gets absolutely annihilated on Monday, then you're probably going, yeah, you're definitely going to get a, a couple, a couple more here. I don't doubt it one bit because I think the one thing that most eyeballs are going to take, it's like this disdain for the bears and Nagy, but something you acknowledged earlier, Pat, that, Fields might be feeling it and and playing with confidence that gives you maybe confidence to back the Bears at this moment. Okay, Tim, what happens if Seattle wins by four against the Rams? What does this number go to? It might go up a touch more, but it's already on a key number, so I don't think it's going up a whole lot. Maybe seven and a half, maybe. I mean, if it, if, get... if it goes off of seven, why wouldn't it just go to nine and a half? It might. I don't know that there'll be enough steam on Seattle at that point. I like the Seahawks either way. I'm sort of just betting against the bears they, they seem like somehow they're in a worse circumstance in seattle it's a terrible game i hope i don't watch very much of it at all i don't have much to say about it i'll play seattle but i don't want to be involved you're probably gonna have to watch a bunch of it because there's only three late games on this week and uh, i worry that pittsburgh kansas city is not going to be the most entertaining game in the world i'm going to take chicago here i just think seattle's defense is too bad that Fields is going to be able to utilize his mobility and arm strength and just score some cheap points against him. And to cover the seven, I'll wait and see. Like, if it drops to six, I still like the six. If it goes up to nine and a half, even better. Something like that. So I will take Fields and the Bears on the road in Seattle, Jeff. I feel like I'm going to join you here, Pat. I don't know. The Bears... Their last three losses, Vikings... Packers, Cardinals, you know, they barely beat the Lions. They barely lose to the Ravens. For all the shit show, it does seem like there's still a compete level. For how everything looks like it's going to wrap up in Seattle this year on a short, an extra short week, I'm going to take these points here um, with Chicago. I do anticipate, though, Pat, I think it would be then week 17, Seattle home to Detroit. No, That's going to be like oh, a Russell yeah, yeah a Russell Wilson four touchdown la- my last home game in Seattle like farewell party blowout though. Like can- I'm telling you right now I'm going to smash Seattle next week. I don't care what happens to any games this week. It'll be his last home game. He's going to go out huge, huge, but not this one. All right, so the Bears for everyone except for Tim. Denver and Vegas. Vegas is favored by a point and a half. At home, 42-and-a-half is the over-under. The loser's done, right? We can call them out of the playoffs? Yeah, there's no way 9-and-8 can get in, I don't think. Since there is... No, it's possible. It's possible, but it's very unlikely, I would say, at this point in time. We're thinking... 
are we thinking that Drew Locke starts for the Broncos? Or is like Teddy left the hospital like he's okay? I don't know if he'll pass concussion protocol. But I can assure you, as bad as kind of Teddy has been this year, I would feel far more comfortable with the Broncos if he was the starting quarterback and not awful Drew Locke. I get it, but I'm going to pick the Broncos anyway because I'm just continuing to successfully or unsuccessfully pick against Las Vegas. Uh, I don't like this team. I don't. I don't know how they keep winning games. They have lost a bunch recently, except for the Thanksgiving game and the one there yesterday. But not impressive in either. I. I don't like them. I think they're they're not a seven and seven team, but they have a seven and seven record. And I think the Broncos defensively, in a way, can clamp them down big time. Uh, I like I like the Broncos here, and uh, the Broncos almost made the teaser. They didn't make the oh. teaser, but they almost did. That's how much I like them. Oh, you see these teams all the time. I saw Jeff. You were on Twitter saying that Bradley Chubb should be like kicked out of football forever. I assume, no, I, I, well, I, I'm sorry. You said he should be suspended multiple games. So then I went and looked at the Chargers' schedule just to make sure that lined up properly. I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you didn't. No, that was really dirty. That was disgusting. it. Was super dirty. It was awful. Like even when you look at it again, like you could tell there was a clear intent to do something bad like up until the very last moment, like a very disturbing clip. And I'm a big Bradley Chubb guy, like, well, a fan of his, his talent, clearly, like many. You're as, um, big, you're as big of a Bradley Chubb guy as Farva is a union guy in Super Troopers? <laughs> you know I'm a union guy. Okay, so who would we say, in a good way, was the most surprising teams in football this year like does arizona make that or i would say cincinnati has to be the answer cincinnati it it makes sense when you retroactively look back at it but if you go here about the conversations that were had about cincinnati it's like oh man this team could be really good next year like if if they can go like if they can get to six wins and compete with some of these north teams like they could we could see burrow take a leap and just all of a sudden they're good like they're probably the best team in that division and cincinnati probably has a chance to have the best win vegas uh win projection differential probably too right like positive i would would think so yeah the eagles have a chance at that too yeah okay i mean the eagles were Um, a six and a half when like i think that was their over under well, they could, they could, but their schedule getting to ten wins is very reasonable. That's good because I, when we did the preview show, I picked them to win the division. They need Dallas I to lose out. <laughs> that, yeah, that's probably not going to happen, but they could definitely be one of the wild card teams. Both of these teams, in some way, have surprised me, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Like Denver, as the season was arriving, was getting a lot of of steam, and then you know it started with that easy schedule. Shit, this is a real hard game for me. Give me Denver. I I hate it, but I also maybe subconsciously just don't want them. Like Chargers play them next week. Would I rather them off two losses and done or still fighting? I know the I I, I think Denver wins. I think Denver beats beats the Raiders. Raiders more fumes. Drew Locke could actually attack a Gus Bradley defense. I'll tell you why. Sadly, I've seen it. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Denver as well. I do worry that, again, we even saw it against the 
Browns, and obviously they weren't at full capacity, especially on the offensive line. But they were able to get into the backfield and just harass everything that Cleveland was doing. I don't think that they're going to have a problem doing that against, you know, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go to Vegas. I think Vegas can keep the total low here, uh, and I think they can squeak out a win. Special teams. Uh, the kicking game for for the Vegas Raiders, not so shabby. Get them back indoors. I think it's a good situation for them. It's a coin flip game. It's not going to be getting any real money for me, but I'll take Vegas <laughs> as a part of the pick'em. And credit, full credit to Fangio. He's sort of seen what he's been able to do. He's made life difficult for Mahomes, um, which is in and of itself its own, own amazing accomplishment. But guys like Burrow and Herbert have had their way against almost everybody this year. And they play Denver and they just look like the 16th best quarterback in football when they play Vic Fangio. Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Kansas City's favored by nine and a half points. 47 is the over-under. What would you imagine that the differentiation between like how many people are going to bet percentage-wise bet on the Chiefs versus the Steelers at this spread number? Because if it's anywhere not 90 to 10 on the Chiefs, then I'm taking the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the Steelers just keep winning these games somehow or covering in these games. Like despite having nothing and being nothing, they just keep doing it. Uh, they didn't I'm cover versus the Vikings despite the mental concept that but they That did. game was within eight points. They almost came back to no, I know. Like your mental like would think they did, but they actually that didn't. As far as I'm concerned, because of the massive comeback, they rallied. I, I'm going to take – the Steelers down. Now, this is something I never do. Uh, this is very unusual. I'm take, I'm picking the Steelers against the spread, but I'm taking the Chiefs down on the teaser, uh, and I'm going to try to play it that way. Because I was trying to find one last team for this teaser that I liked, and there was nothing out there that I was into. And so I'll tease the Chiefs down, but I'll take the Steelers against the spread. I'm taking the Chiefs against the spread. Like, I am going to my grave thinking that Pittsburgh is just god-awful. And they seem like they're god awful. Yet they somehow win games. This team is the Chiefs are too good here. Like they find they have to have a statement game, and they have yet to do it. But their defense does look a lot better. And frankly, even if you have an incompetent defense, it's probably good enough against the Steelers' offense at this point. You would I think. take offense to that lat one of that they. Last week wasn't a statement. What do no. you mean? Oh, no, like, I, like an I, absolute ass whipping. Yes. Like, what like, do you mean? like, like a Chiefs win. Like the Raiders game was like a. But like, not versus the Raiders. But not versus the Raiders. Yeah. Because they can. They can yeah. yeah okay. This this would be. Okay, a, sorry. Oh, see, like Kansas City comes out and wins 42 to seven against Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's just a joke. Against a team that's half. playing the proper like two shell defense against. Yeah. Them, against not against the a real defense. Only t- <laughs> yeah, the only team committed to playing the one single high safety, subsequently giving up 100 points in two games. Yes, correct. Um, um, the worst, I mean, they're not the, they don't have the worst coverage in the league, but the Steelers are bottom six. They're in between Jacksonville and Atlanta in terms of how good they are at covering in the passing game. Just feel like this is going to be all Hill, all Kelsey, all the time. And maybe the Steelers can score some garbage time points. But well, Kelsey's probably not going to play, right? I mean, at least I would presume he's not playing. Who's not playing? Who? Kelsey's probably not going to play, right? He's on the COVID list. But he, I didn't see that. He, well, he when went did on, that happen? He went on like... Yesterday. Yeah, he, he has plenty of time with these new rules, as long as he's not positive. But he may be. I would presume at this point, if somebody is in those protocols, they're not playing. Yeah, so. if he breathed on the Chargers last week... <laughs> 
Oh, that was embarrassing tackling. But I will say in the hindsight, remember I spoke about the Chargers being a spike team. Did you guys see the with or without Derwin James stats with Kelsey last week? No. no. <laughs> Derwin James on the field, 22 snaps. Kelsey, one catch, 14 yards. Without Derwin James on the field, 30 snaps, uh, nine catches, 177 yards, two touchdowns. Everything I say about Derwin James is goddamn true. Stay healthy. I love you. Please, God. What you, um, what you need to do is just get him on like HGH or steroids. Take the four game like he like he's going to miss four games anyway. So just get him on like stuff that will make him progressively healthier and stay healthier throughout the course of the playoffs. Like if he misses weeks eight to 12, who cares? Maybe he won't even get caught. And then you're in a best case scenario. I like this. With all the distractions of COVID testing, maybe they're not even having guys piss in cups at the moment. Pat, there we are. Let's get him healthy. Get that HGH into him. Oh, okay. I went to find that tweet only to see one of Tim the Baptiste right <laughs> under it. <laughs> Are we still talking about Denver? Or no, uh, I like Kansas City here. I agree. We Pittsburgh played Tennessee last week, and I was like, I hate both these teams. I think both these teams suck. Both these teams can get exposed by teams that can play them properly. And you saw what Kirk Cousins did to the Steelers. You saw what Herbert did to the Steelers. Like, obviously, Mahomes should have his way. I mean, granted, the Steelers probably are a lot healthier on defense at the moment. But, yeah, I, I am sort of leaning to Pat's thought that you're right. Like, Kansas City's probably good for a spike game. And Andy Reid said he's angry they're the one seed. He liked his team hungry. I can't believe that they're the one seed after the way that Everyone well, Tim kind cursed of them. He, Tim cursed them. And exactly. then wanted to victory Tim, lap Tim victory lapped them, and then all of a sudden they haven't lost since. He wanted that credit. Here's your credit, Tim. They're the one seed. They currently have the bye. They are the one seed. They have a really good chance to be the one seed, and they're not the Chiefs they were of a couple years ago or last year and very beatable in the playoffs. Maybe. That is true, but they, they're they, still the one seed. But they're building. Sure. It feels like they're building towards being the Chiefs from those years. Maybe, maybe oh, honest no. to God, they were just like, eh, let's just not try till the end of the year. Maybe no, You go to three straight AFC title games, two straight Super Bowls. It's September. Said this for like a while now. It's no different than what the Patriots it experienced. Wasn't it was Halloween. They were three and four, and then they beat the the Giants barely to go to four and four. That's when people were talking about it. It was like the year was half over. It wasn't like the start of it. But anyway. Four was, and four. That's half the season. And they had it's they, they were four and four, and it seemed like they weren't trying. It honestly puts like how crazy the media bubble is or the noise of the NFL is into perspective. Like Joe Burrow loses two games in a row. Justin Herbert loses two games in a row. Like, they're not what we thought they were. They're not what they thought we were. We have to, like, reevaluate them. Oh, my God. Patrick Mahomes, who's accomplished everything, loses two games in a row, and people are losing their minds. And I meant to make that point in reverse order, saying, like, obviously, when Mahomes loses, if people are going to freak out by Mahomes losing two in a row, then obviously, like, other people who we presume to be good young players like Burrow, Herbert, Allen, whoever lose two in a row, then by I right, guess. the media also has to claim that they're like figured out and in big trouble. So weird. So weird. 
I think it just turns out that like the top eight or so teams in the AFC are just very close to being as good as each other. And that's why you don't see, and for a while, the Patriots were clearly playing better than everyone else. Maybe they go back to that. Now the chiefs are just kind of playing a little bit better than everyone else. They've won seven in a row. Um, so it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. in that way. Washington and Dallas. Dallas is favored by 10 and a half against Washington. This is where I thought that the game would come out a few weeks ago uh, when Washington was getting the crap kicked out of them in Washington by Dallas. Then all of a sudden, they're just back in the game. Dak throwing picks. It was just, it was a weird situation. Dallas just keeps continuing to cover spreads. I think it's them and Green Bay are the two best teams against the spread so far this season. Like these huge numbers don't really bother me and what's best case scenario for washington in this game they get all their regular guys back or no good anyway give me dallas minus 10 and a half i'm gonna take dallas as well pat because i just think there has to be a concerted effort a they're playing for a lot with how the conference is is um shaking out and their ability to win but you can make the case like dak hasn't played very well like hasn't had a complete game and sometime and i think there's going to be a an absolute effort to get him rolling right now this time of year washington and their injuries are going to pay i think this game starts and starts like the last one and doesn't finish like the last one they played tim is responding to stuff in real time on twitter that just says a simple question with infinite possible answers what's the last time you remember being happy and he put out that when tua threw that pick Tim, you live a sad life. <laughs> I don't know why you're monitoring my tweets and live time. I have, I have <laughs> tweet deck open. It just popped up on the screen. I was like, aren't we doing a show right now? Tim, I just saw tweeting? it. Anyway. Uh, that was I'm really the put... last time you were happy? It's been two days. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to get sad because today is the last day of the year where it gets a little darker every day. Starting tomorrow, it starts getting a little lighter every day. And that, like... It makes me feel blue. Like I kind of get the the idea that, that we're done with getting darker every day just really puts me in a bad mood. I don't know. We haven't even hit the most depressing like seasonal part of the year, which is what they call like February. Or... Yeah, it starts to get lighter a little bit every day. I agree. It's, it's, it's annoying. I'm going to take the football team in this game just because Dallas continues to be unimpressive to me. Yeah, they covered last week. They had to dodge a hail. They had to dodge. A four, uh, four downs from the what that 11th or 12 yard line to do it. They got very lucky two weeks ago in Washington to really cover that game. They're trying to give it away. I don't know. Something's wrong with Dallas. Uh, pretty much since Thanksgiving, like there's something not quite clicking. I don't quite know what it is. They, they're a very good team, but they're not quite playing as well as they ought to be. And this is sort of like Washington's last stand. Uh, if they lose this week, Six and eight still would only put them a, a game out of the playoffs. So, like, their whole season's on the line. They, they hate Dallas. Uh, I think it's enough to keep it close on Sunday night. So, I'll, I'll take Washington. Miami and New Orleans. Tua in primetime. I saw that Will Smith made a visit to Miami to get a jersey from Tua because he loves Tua so much. Maybe Tua's a Scientologist, and we just don't know it. Uh, minus three, this game, is for the Saints in New Orleans. This is difficult because... The first real team Miami's played in a month and a half? The first real defense that they've played. And I could see, I mean, New Orleans defense has, it's been a problem in like half the games that they've played. 
And like they've been like locked down really good. And then like they play Atlanta and they're like god awful. Like, what is going on with this defense? It really depends who shows up on their injury report and who doesn't, like whether or not they're at full strength. Uh, they should have like, their three offensive linemen back. They were missing against the Bucks on Sunday night. That has to be good news for Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill, I think, is a weird matchup for the Miami defense. Cause you can blitz the hell out of Taysom Hill. Who cares? It's not like he's taking seven step drops and throwing the ball deep downfield. Like they're going to put their head down. They're going to try to run and they're going to try to win this game 13 to 10. So I'm kind of torn. I want to take Miami, but it feels like this is like, does Tua have Tebow juice, Jeff? Like, is he just going to ride the steam and just get these weird wins and go to the playoffs? He might get the wins. The playoff math will still have to work out in their favor. But if you're a Dolphin fan every week where your probability to make the playoffs goes up, I guess that um, becomes a success. I am really looking forward to Tim spazzing, regardless of what happens in the game, win or lose. But people pointing out that Tua played better than Tom Brady versus the Dennis Allen defense. I'm already starting to see it. I'm already (laughs) starting to see it. But at the same point, you know, I've also seen people say Zach played better against New Orleans than Tom Brady did uh, two weeks ago. So I guess I, it cuts. I, I don't think that anyone said that. Who said that? Places that I, you know, the, the Reddit boards and such. Anyway. Oh, Joe, Jets Reddit said that, did they? I, I love the Dolphins in this spot. Oh, sure love, you do, love, Tim. Love, sure love, you love, do. I love, sure love you do. the Dolphins. We're, uh, I, I think you know what? You should. love the Dolphins so much, they better be on your teaser. It has well, to be. You, they play. have to be. No, no, no. You're either you're trying to use your curse powers, man up, and put them on the fucking teaser. All right, I'll put them on the teaser. There you Take go. Take them up to Miami. I'll, 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 I'll. Miami plus nine on Tim's free money teaser yeah. right now. Get this plus five hundred teaser in and be uh, up bucks for the year. I like it. I mean, th- if it survives to Miami, you're doing pretty good. What do you think? <sighs> I mean, let's see what the coin says. The coin says Miami. I'm going to take New Orleans, Jeff. New Orleans defense is real. Like, it's better than Miami's. It's not, they don't need to disguise blitzes and run corner blitzes and all of this just to fuck with, like, everyone else on the opposing team. Like, New Orleans just has a lockdown great defense when everyone is healthy, and it seems like everyone is healthy at the moment, so... I will take the Saints. I just see Miami struggling to move the ball here. I'm telling you, we could get to this game, guys, and Tim could be in dire straits. Like, in a scenario in which the Patriots beat the Bills, uh, in a scenario in which Arizona has beaten Indy, in this scenario that includes the Sunday where Kansas City knocks off Pittsburgh, there will be such an opportunity for the Dolphins to like fully put themselves in to the playoff race. And this... Davis Mills has the game of his life too. Well, let's not forget about that. Yes, has no, he, that is. Has Davis Mills been the second most impressive rookie quarterback? I think I asked this last week. He looked pretty good last week. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. Maybe, beat, maybe. He almost beat yes. the Patriots. I know what Jess about to say, but yes, the, the Dolphins could very easily be tied for a playoff spot after this week. And you know what? I'm sure it'll happen. I, I have no doubt the Dolphins win this game. I'm certain of it indoors in a dome. Uh, yeah. That, how, how, could my, how could Miami lose? I do eventually the, our 
breaking it down do agree with Pat. Um, for starters, it is a step up in class for what the Dolphins have gone against recently defensively. Um, but it more comes down to the point that Pat made that this just doesn't seem like an optimal fight for the Dolphins defense who can bully so many teams across the league. The Saints that just, you know, the styles make the fight. And I think this one is going to lead to the Dolphins. But this is as ex- like this will end up being a height like Monday will be a very exciting day because I think the game will be so paramount to both teams and the playoffs by the time Sunday wraps. So this is a game on the schedule, guys. Maybe after Bill's Patriots, there might not be a game that I'm anticipating more like from a football fan what it might mean to the overall picture of, of both teams as well, we head to the final Raven. run. I think Bengals Ravens is more pivotal, but yes. The only conversation around this game and just proving how much of a star Tua is, is surrounding yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah. But yeah. like the Saints are bad. They're tied for the last spot. They're the, uh, let's see, the winning percentage rests with Minnesota right now, but they're playing the Rams. Like if the Rams beat the and Vikings, the Packers, and then the Saints win. The Saints are the seven seed all of a sudden. Oh, so. yeah. The Saints are the mathematical favorite to be in the playoffs because the Vikings have the Rams and the Packers left. I mean, currently, the Vikings own the tiebreaker over the Saints. With Correct, ju- but I'm with just, just saying those two teams. Of, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in terms of odds of making it because of the schedules. Yeah, sure. I'm seeing the Saints sitting at a 42% probability and, and, and Minnesota at 33. But the yeah. Eagles and the Redskins, oh, damn it. Jeff has yeah, to donate one Herbert to charity now. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Eagles in Washington both sitting at 23 and 20 respectively for that. For that, But Washington's probably takes a big tonight. The game that hasn't played, whoever I guess, loses, changes that. Yeah. Whoever loses between Washington and Philadelphia takes a big hit tonight. Yeah, because there would be another team that gets a 7-7 seven and seven regardless, I guess, unless they tie. But it just does seem like a lot of the discourses around Miami and not New Orleans for this game, despite the fact they're both fighting for that last playoff spot. That could also be, Pat, you just living in your bubble, surrounded by Tim and another Dolphin discourse. No, I, I, even when I, I guess, because they were previewing the game for Sunday night, but like even on Football Night in America, it's like... You know, a lot of the the in the hunt here come like here are the highlights from this. And I guess there was no highlights to point to with the Saints. Just the Saints are really boring to talk about. I feel like, like there, there's no real yeah, interest no, in the, there's no. no real interest in the Saints team. Like no, t- t- no t- t- they're running a gimmick offense with a good defense, and every, no one really I, believes in Taysom Hill. So it, it's just kind of weird. And it's honestly, I feel bad that I have to spin this again back to like Tim's insane hypocrisy. But let's imagine a world, friends. Let's just imagine the universe and where, for whatever reason, some might think it's very plausible, the Jets start one in seven next year. And then I don't care who is on their schedule. They end up at seven and seven. Tim would literally be telling us that if they get in the playoffs, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And next year, you all better watch your back because he's coming. Well, he's already like said that. Freight he, train. He's already but said that Tua about a doing it, team. And, and the Dolphins doing it, like, doesn't get the same risk. Like, he can't take himself to that place. But if the Jets next year and Zach Wilson rebounded in a season the way this Dolphins team has, 
it's unimaginable what Tim would be telling us is coming. Well, I, I can actually speak to this because this is the exact conversation that we had with Tim this morning in our text thread. Because someone, our friend, our Dolphins friend, who's just like trolling Tim at every turn at this point, uh, who does not believe in the Dolphins and doesn't think that they're going to make the playoffs. But Tim continuously, yes, but you constantly say, Tim, that he keeps saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl, which he tells you to trigger you and then just like laughs at you. Oh, I get text saying, oh, Dolphins, so good, going to the playoffs, et cetera. It's like, oh, okay, fine. That's what everybody thinks. I get it. Uh, whatever. Uh, uh, but I it, hope Zach does six games in a row next year. I, I hope we can stress test Jeff's theory next year. If uh, I mean, I don't want them to start one at seven. But I would like to see them win six straight games. And I, I actually think the more games they win, the more even keel I'd be. Because I'd be sort of more used to them. So, so let's roll back time when they beat the Bengals. And then you predicted them to lose one more game the rest of the season. We're going three and four. Then we're going four and four. And then you had them at like 11 and four at one point. They haven't even got to four fucking wins yet. That was three months ago. I know. I agree. But I mean, like I said, the, 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 the lack of wins, I think, causes me to be incredibly excited when they do get a win. So, you know, we win this week. We'll have doubled our win total from last year. And, uh, It'll be fine. I, if we w- were to win six and with that team next year, it's very possible we could go through a stretch of winning six, seven, eight games in a row next year. And uh, I think the more we would win, the more I would sort of be circumspect about it. And say, ah, oh, it's a good win. We're keeping it going, et cetera, et cetera. Pat, this is essentially like what happens when he goes to the corner store and buys the scratch off cherries <laughs> that he gets such little luck and he wins so infrequently that when he gets a, fr- like you've won a free ticket, he's exuberant. He could never, and if he won one, well, he'd peel that off. He wouldn't get the three cherries. He'd get like the three, I don't know, chocolate bars, and you win like two bucks off your $1 ticket. <laughs> he would then have it in his mind, like, well, I would, I can't lose again. Like, I'll always win every time that I do this. Then he'd that's buy like a hundred more. That's how you are with everything. No, that's not true. Now I kind of want to get a scratcher. Now you're talking about him. Sad scene. All right. Super locks. I don't have oh, a good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's only three hours long. Um, <laughs> I don't have a good feel for who it's going to be. I'm. You know what? The only game I bet on is San Francisco. I will take San Francisco minus three and a half. Interesting. The, the My only okay. other, it would have come down to, because I'll have to have a best bet. Uh, I do like a. Side thing for the weekend, it'll probably be Cincinnati minus two and a half. I'll take Green Bay minus seven and a half. Okay. Jeffrey. Kansas City. Extra time. Just a yeah, beat down. Maybe Jeez. Pittsburgh comes back and backdoors it, but no. And to recap Tim's free money teaser of the week, Green Bay minus one and a half, Indianapolis plus seven and a half, Detroit plus 11 and a half, Baltimore plus eight and a half, Kansas City minus three and a half, and the Miami Dolphins plus nine. Would that be it? Yep, that's it. Bet the farm with five farms. Can Get- I give my bet of the week, though? Is it Trevor Lawrence over six and a half touchdowns? 
Yes, <laughs> pretty much. We're going all in on on the whatever the standard Lawrence touchdown line is, and I'll be looking for alternate Lawrence touchdown. Well, lines. The standard line is zero point five since he doesn't throw touchdowns. So then I'll crush that one. Well, I, I believe it's one point five. I actually went to go bet Zach Wilson. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad the the books didn't make it because he didn't throw an interception. I was like, oh, he's definitely going to throw an interception in this game. So I went and looked at all the quarterbacks' interception props. He was the only one that wasn't point five. He was one point five. <laughs> well, yeah, he's had some games where he's thrown way too many, but no picks the last two weeks. So it's going to be three in a row. Ceiling incompletions on film. Look, you, I know it sounds silly, but I'm right about this. All right. I get what you're saying, but it's just when you're having the struggles, you can't win that. If that makes sense. That will do it on the Pat Mayo experience. There is a cuss corner coming out on Saturday, which I can guarantee you more hilarious than this show. Garyan brought some fire, Jeff. Garyan was on point. Good. I love the Christmas, uh, the Christmas episodes. They sometimes in many ways encapsulate like how, like they bring the craziness to a whole new level because in many regards, there are things people can relate to around the holidays. Well, I, I haven't put this one out. I was going to tease this on Twitter, so I'll tease it to you right now. Without Tim's interference on this, would you say, give me a percentage of 100%, the people who are working at McDonald's on Christmas Day really want to be there? Which percentage of really want to be there, would you say? God damn it. Zero. <laughs> Point zero zero. Um, <clears throat> the, the vast majority of people. Double time and a half. You don't know that's double time and a half. You were just making that up. You know that, right? No, that doesn't mean they want to be there. <laughs> that means okay. like their life circumstance requires they need the time and a half pay. That doesn't mean they want it to be there. I think you're underestimating it. Do you know what? No. I, I don't want to spoil the episode, but do you know what Tim's response was? Because I had the exact same reaction you did. Is that Tim likes to go to McDonald's on Christmas. So therefore, of course they like to be there. <laughs> well, I do. That's Tim. That's so sad. He also called no, my he also called my 85-year-old grandma who survived World War II lazy. Like it was a real I weird did. episode. <laughs> I did no such thing. You did. We, I mean we can run that clip. I mean you can just tune into the show on on Christmas and and watch it. It's in there. No such thing. Well, want to thank the coin. Merry Christmas, coin. I hope you have a great day. All of you out there, I hope you have a very happy holidays, very safe holidays. I hope you don't you know, punch out your stupid uncle or something like that at Christmas time, because you know how family is. They're the worst. So, you know, take the day off, open your presents, do your dinner, do your lunch, and then bugger off and listen to the Pat Mayo experience and the Cuss Corner feed that comes out. Jeff, safe travels. Uh, you will be on the show next week, correct? Yes, safe travels and Merry Christmas to everybody. I love Christmas. I love it a lot. And I'm a Jew. Well, I think it's great. I feel like you really have the best of all worlds here because you're not obligated to do anything on Christmas. You can just take the best of Christmas and do that. I guess, but I, I don't know. I still feel like we're missing at like that people who don't celebrate Christmas like miss out. It seems like a great time. 
It's, it's a, but then again, like what I'm missing are like a two extra family dinners. Yeah. Not looking for that either. Yeah. No one's looking forward to that. Uh, so once again, Jeff and I have our season preview to golf coming out next week. Part two of the golf draft is released on Monday. And I guess I will thank because he is going to be on the show on Saturday. Tim and August. Tim and August. That's not my name. And I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody too. Christopher Walken celebrates as well. And I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Christopher. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yes. Uh, t- Tim, are you okay? Uh, my friend is having a stroke. I need you to get to his house right now. <laughs> it's a very good impression. It's still not as good as Walter Matthau or Lucille Ball, but it's getting there. Why does Lucille Ball sound like Richard Nixon too? Why do all your impressions sound like Richard Nixon? Except for that Christopher Walken that sounded like you're like, hey, it's a me, a Christopher Walken. That's what that just sounded like. No, I don't. Like if you, if they, if they made you Mario, like they made Chris Pratt, the Anti-Defamation League would come after you. I think it's a pretty good impression of me when I was in a lot of different movies. Can I hear Lucille again? Sure, Jeff. How are you? This is Lucille Ball in like 1988, though. This is not the I Love Lucy Lucille Ball. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm laughing. Remember this moment, people, when it comes to voting most insane at the Custy Awards, which is coming very soon. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Reaction to Lucille Ball. <laughs> uh, well, that was a quick show. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Experience! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.